one, and we're live. You're tuning into Cosmic Children. I'm your host, Kevin. And today I have an interesting guest with me in the studio. Um, so this guest today was introduced. We, we, we have a mutual friend, Destin, which is a previous guest on, on, on the podcast. And the, 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 the prerequisite for Destin introducing me to Dave today was that the person is to be somewhat interesting to Destin. So. Apparently, Destin finds you very interesting, Dave. So Dave is a film enthusiast and he currently works in the film industry. So Dave, please introduce yourself. Uh, tell the, the, the listeners what you do. Hey, hi, I'm Dave. Uh, I'm currently in uh, Universal Pictures International. So uh, I'm, I'm, I've always been in a, uh, somewhat involved in the film industry, recently joined, uh, fully joined the film industry. And uh, yeah, based on what Destin said, I hope I'm interesting. Yeah. <laughs> one, one can only hope to be yeah, on this I really level. Hope so. Yeah. So, jumping off from that, the film industry. What did you have any preconceived notions uh, before entering into it? And now that you're inside, what 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 do you feel about it? Preconceived notion in what sense? Like, uh, what they expect from the film industry in general? Or did, like? did you have any idea of what it would be like going in? Not, not really. I think I think I kind of stumbled into this industry as well because I think the very beginning, I I was once I graduated, I studied marketing back in uh uni and poly, and then uh I was I was just looking for a job, like any job. I applied for everything. I applied for like, uh, like one of those hotel uh like manager, like floor manage, yep. manage managing kind of people, yep. and then I applied for like random like what do you call that those pyramid schemes kind I like, gotcha. like I, I, I didn't expect that but then uh, somehow I stumbled onto a media agency which my friend introduced me on board and then uh, yeah I, I wasn't I wasn't planning to go to, to be part of the film industry but uh, I think uh, yeah, like what I said earlier it's uh, it's, it's, it's kind of luck that during my internship uh, the one of the one of the major projects I had to do was uh, to help help the, the, the main team out for uh, a pitch for Warner Brothers and 20th Century Fox is it something you can talk about? Or is it? Yeah, under, it's, it's all in the past. Really. Oh, okay, it's like wonderful. Four years in the past. Yeah, okay. so it's, they actually they actually had an account for quite a while already. So I, I joined I joined the I joined this uh, I I was kind of part of the team for the pitch, and then we won the pitch. So when I converted to a full timer in the media agency, uh, yeah, I was I was actually part of the team for media agency. So I actually worked on Twenty Century Fox for two years, mm. and then uh, after that, uh, I quit the media agency. But then the separate part of the media agency, which is the social media agency part separate linked entity but separate entity. yeah it's, yep. it's a big story but uh, i i joined that part of it and then uh i service warner brothers yeah then uh, i quit because of uh, a lot of personal and like complete burnout yeah. for, in, in the agency life and then uh yeah then i another friend like intro me to uh yeah universal which where, where i am right now last year late last year so yeah, I I just very recently joined the industry. What what was the the pitch that got you in in the first place? The one that you, the, the, the social media agency one? Oh no! So so uh, the thing about Warner Brothers and Twenty uh, Century Fox is that it's linked in Singapore. Okay. Yeah. So it it's it's actually competitors. Uh, I think I think for a lot of countries, uh, like if you see Warner Brothers, Twenty Century Fox, Universal Studios, uh, Disney. Disney. Okay. So 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 uh, uh, Disney is a separate thing because Disney Disney is a really big uh company. But for example. Uh, Warner Brothers and 20th Century Fox in any other country, especially in the US, right? Where the market's big enough, uh, most of the time it's, it, they are competitors. But mm. for markets like Singapore, uh, like regional markets like Malaysia, all this, usually they'll join together to kind of like pull in their resources to, um, how do I say, how do I put this? 
uh, do marketing and do distribution because it's more cost effective to work together and it doesn't really make sense for them to spend like to get a dedicated team just for like one studio mm-hmm. because the market's too small. Would they be pushing the same product in this case? Because no, it's, it's it's very weird because uh within the same office you have people from Warner Brothers sitting in one table and mm. then people from like oh that's what table. you mean but then okay, they're separate okay. separate gotcha. teams. they don't really work on the same thing yeah yeah but they're considered under the same company and yeah. same for me uh like when I joined uh Universal previously I wasn't I wasn't actually Universal I was in UIP so I think you might have UIP. seen the logo uh, United International Pictures no not at all okay so um okay so maybe not but uh in 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 some of the markets around the region like yeah. Singapore uh, Malaysia Vietnam Thailand a lot of these countries uh they like Universal Studios and Paramount Pictures actually partnered together to to uh, under the name of UIP to kind of distribute and market um, in in the region itself yeah yeah so it's, it's the same logic it's it's more or less like uh kind of sharing their like sharing their resources uh, for smaller markets. Yeah. Yeah, it, ma- it makes more sense for the smaller markets as compared to the bigger markets where they can just do by themselves and there's a lot more people to market and distribute to. Yeah, yeah. So before that's... I go into that and that, I want to ask, so af- after having worked in your, your profession for X amount of years, yeah. do you understand what marketing means? Uh, uh, it's, it's, no, it's very vague. Uh, I, I think, I guess one way to put it is just trying to convince people to So to the art of selling? What, the art of convincing people that your product is yeah, kind of not really selling. Mm. I think I think marketing has a lot of uh, it's it's a very broad term. It's it, it it covers everything from from awareness all the way from like you getting to even understand and to know about the product itself all the way to you actually buying it. To to you, uh, it's it's it it it's the whole process where 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 from you from you getting to know the product all the way to you actually buying the product. And most of the time, even after that post-customer service. All this is marketing. It's a very broad term. That's why there's a lot of like specialties within marketing. Mm. Yeah. So for me, my, for me, uh, I was, I started with traditional marketing, which is uh, traditional media marketing. So uh, it's more, it's more of, uh, how do I put this? It's it's more of the old school marketing stuff like uh, newspaper, advertising, bus like, stop Would you consider homes. magazines and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah. So okay. everything, everything that's non-digital. So I, I started off with traditional uh newspaper yep. uh, tv so like t- taking ad spots and stuff like that yeah, would you yeah. consider that as part of like uh let's say if you have a campaign you mm-hmm. want to put you want you, you you need to be strategic and in, in, in where you place ads yes yes yes, yes okay yes. so exactly that so uh what i did was planning previously what uh, what, what i started with with is uh yeah so mostly mostly planning for like uh like looking for the right spots and then where 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 understanding where the audiences are and placing your ads specifically there at the right place at the right time to get the audience to see it and to kind of remember it. Mm. Yeah. So it's kind of, there's, there's kind of a science to it more of like, um, besides being the right place at the right time. Also, there's also things like, uh, being there the right amount of time within the right period of time, Mm-mm. like effective uh, reach. So things, things like that to get people to remember your yep. brand. Yeah. So, and, and like being in the right place relevant to, to, to where, where your audiences are. Yeah. So, so you mentioned that you were, you were, you 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 were kind of looking around for a job when your friend introduced this to yeah. you. So when you entered into this field, were yeah. you was it particularly daunting? What, is there a lot 100%. of things that you have to you have to uh, know all the different ins and outs because you, you talked about different markets have 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 different needs yeah. and stuff like that and like big corporations they they join together and they're all separate. So what yeah. what 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 was it like when you first went in? Oh, it's 
Uh, it's actually very interesting. Also, I, I did marketing for Poly for three years. I believe okay. Poly is three years, right? Then uh, I, 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 did, I did it in uni for another one and a half years. So because of the exemption and stuff, so total four and a half years. I went I went to the agency for the very first day and they handed me a deck to uh, kind of see like, oh, uh, this is the, the, the most recent update of like, uh, traditional marketing and marketing in general. That I, I flipped it. And I was like, I think maybe 100 page. I flipped. Oh, jeez. I know nothing. I completely know nothing. I realized that everything that I learned in like uni and poly was like completely outdated or like, you know, too broad. Too, what too, too what do you mean outdated? Though? So it's like, I think, I think the thing about marketing, especially for digital marketing is that it's changing every day. Oh dear. Yeah, it's, it's changing every day. So you see things like TikTok Yep, booming out out of nowhere like something that you even talk about like two years ago mm. yeah, things things like that change all the while then like traditional media like back then when I was studying like newspaper was kind of still a thing TV was kind of mm, still a thing mm. but then like over like five ten years like kind of almost obsolete already like magazines most of the magazines are almost dead uh, newspapers are I don't know. Most people say that it's just used to clean, used to clean windows and stuff. Like, up, like, up, like, yeah. yeah, it's it's not it's obsolete. It's mostly obsolete. Yeah, so things changed really, really quickly. Like, I think the thing about marketing is about being very reactive to human behavior and like people, uh, like the way people be- behave in a society and how it changes. So I think things changed really quickly for for humans, especially like during this 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 age of internet. You know, when you say obsolete with regards to traditional media, yeah. are you talking about obsolution in a sense that it's not generating uh, traction in that sense or is there not enough people getting engaged on that on, on those traditional media what do you mean by obsolution yeah okay sense? so maybe not maybe obsolete might be a little bit too strong of a word uh, maybe it's less effective than what it was mm. before yeah I think I think over time I mean I'm I personally for myself yeah. I, 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 I mean for marketing obviously you don't you don't judge an audience by how you feel as an individual but but just just sharing my personal yeah. thing. I have I have a TV at home. Two, yes. t- two TVs at home. None of it connected to the flat cable. Screen. Yeah, flat screen. Yeah. But none of it connected to the one is connected to the PS4, another connected to a like an what do you call that? The thing that you cast from the t- projector? Uh what do you call it? Uh it's a like Google cast or something. Oh, okay. like one, okay. one of those things where you cast from the internet. So it's it's basically a glorified large screen monitor. Like mm. it's not really connected to like channel five, channel eight, yeah. or like when was the last time you viewed channel five? Uh, I <laughs> I think last night I actually viewed a Mediacorp uh, channel yeah. show was probably like when I was in the polyclinic. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was yeah. like playing standard. Yeah. Personally for me, I, I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of people who still watch. Um, currently, if you're buying TV for like free-to-air TV, uh, it's usually for the older gen- older generations, mm. uh, like people who are still kind of on it. Yep. Yeah. I think I think I think for the younger generation or like like below thirty five, not so much really. Mm. I mean, with the internet, you can view anything. You might have Netflix. You have Disney Plus probably coming like later this year, like things like that. I think there's no real reason to wait for the right time to watch a show and then you know binge watching it. Another thing yep. that you could do yep. right now, you don't have to wait through ads. Yep. You know. So I mean, definitely there's a shift in. Uh, the way people have been like consuming media. Yeah. So when, when you said you enter your first day and they handed you the tag, yeah. was there, was it an uphill climb? Was uh, it like a, with, with every campaign, with every day you need to process insurmountable amount of information you learn on the job? Yeah, Isn't definitely. Definitely. Like I was, I was in the agency like life for four years. I think even up to the last day I was there, I was still learning. <laughs> it was just mm. the first thing is that it's ever changing. And also because there was like so many clients and so many industries that we're working with, it's always very different. And like every time there's a new campaign, it's, it's always a very different ask, a very different, uh, thing that you have to touch into in, in terms of like 
media planning. What, what's like? the timeline like for, for such uh, these four years? Is it like uh, early 2010s? Is it uh, recently? What year is it? It's 2020, right? It uh, is. I, yeah, <laughs> okay. Uh, I think I started work, started, I started my first job in 20, 2015, late 2015. Okay. Yeah, okay. around September 2015. Yeah. So I started um, in a media agency for two years, completely like burnt out for two, for two years. Yeah. And then uh, I I quit. I took a break for a month. Yeah. Yeah. Went went to Thailand and like do some boxing and some oh, stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's taking out the rage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I I think you get my ritual because after that I I after that one month I went back to the social media agency which is actually just one floor below my previous office. <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> okay. So, uh, then uh another two years there. Yeah. And then uh yeah I took. Another month break. Then I went. Yeah. I went back to Thailand. To I actually have a friend like that as well. So, so he chongs. So, so he's a freelancer. He yeah. freelances illustration. So he chongs, like about three to four months. Yeah. He makes all the money. Then he, he goes for uh, like a one on one half month break. Then he uh, comes back and do the same thing again. That's actually the dream. That's actually that's actually <laughs> very nice, you know, to actually have a proper break break and not yeah. have any communications with any clients. Yeah. I think because I think during that four years in the agency, I think I I I, I was. I joined the agency where it was trying to rapidly grow. So they, mm. I, I don't want to say, I don't want to say what agency it is, but of course, yeah. like, uh, there was a lot of, uh, new clients coming in consistently, like after, to, to a certain point where I think even as an intern, there were days that I stayed to like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Yeah. So wait, I mean, I, I, I guess it's very normal for the agency life. That's I think the disclaimer in yeah. font size six that they don't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Life, yeah. <laughs> it's like only when you're in it, they're like, Oh shit. Yeah. They're like, you're too yeah. late, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's one of the thing. Then, uh, I think, I think I, I reached the point where, uh, after the four years, I, I took a look, like I, I, I got really like not motivated yep. and then, uh, like really tired. Like, yep. I, like, you know, the feeling when you wake up in the morning and you just don't want to go to work. Yeah, kind of definitely. Feeling. Yeah, yeah. All, all those feelings. And it's like really severe. It's every day. It's not even like a phase or anything. Then yeah. I, I went to search on Google to see like what are the symptoms of burnout. Yeah. And I think there were eight symptoms that I like I covered all eight. Mm. And like, oh, maybe it's time to like leave. Yeah. yeah. And another thing also was funny because when I was doing uh, social media, uh, social media uh, management, right? I yeah. was I was managing uh, a few clients' uh, social media accounts on mm. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. Twitter. So for these three accounts, I think for, I had to use my, my personal phone for, for these accounts. And, uh, for Instagram itself, uh, the maximum amount of accounts you can hold within your phone is actually five accounts. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, previously when I wasn't working, I had my account, my personal account, and then, uh, I had, uh, my dog's account. <laughs> yeah. So th okay. those, those are the two accounts that I had. Then, uh, slowly over time, when the company grew, then, uh, I had, I started with three accounts. Then, uh, later on, they added another account in. So I had to delete my dog's account. And I think really late. Uh, further down, then uh, they they got a new account. Then uh, they said, "Hey, I think you need to manage this account." To that, like, I looked at my phone and like, does it does it mean I have to delete my own account? Mm. So at that point of time, I was like, ah, "This like it kind of means something, right? Yep, that I, yep. I have to kind of delete my yes. personal life and, and yeah. kind of thing." So I, I think I guess at that point it was another like sign for me to kind of leave. Yeah. yeah so I, I I left. I took a break. I actually quit without looking for another job. Then thankfully, uh, my friend. I have another friend who used to be in the same agency. Uh, yep. He he used to be in. You know, uh, Universal. Then he recommended me. So yeah, I'm very thankful for that friend. What was the landscape like back then in 2015, though? I think Instagram has been around for a bit. Yeah, it's definitely Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. What were the sort of tools that you guys were actively using? What was kind of like shifting around and changing and moving forward to for today? 2015. Oh, I, I gotta remember. I think 2015 Snapchat was still a thing. Okay, <laughs> I believe Snapchat was was still a thing, and it was during the period of time where Snapchat. Didn't want to like didn't want to sell the person who owns Snapchat didn't want to sell to like Zuckerberg. Yep. Yeah. So um then then 
he probably then Zuckerberg kind of like fuck that. Then he created his own IG stories and kind of face yeah, yeah. snap out mostly yep. in this in this region. Uh. Yep. So I think that was that was one of the major changes. And uh, I can't really remember what else. It's uh, everything moves so so quickly mm. and a lot of changes happen all the time. So I can't really remember what else happened. But I let me think. Did you remember what you worked on back then? Uh yeah. So previously I I think throughout throughout the two years there I, I was on like what I said um. 20th Century Fox. Yep. Was one of it. So I, I actually worked on Deadpool. Oh, wow. Snoopy, the movie. And not so wow, not but so wow. wow. <laughs> Deadpool, okay. Uh, Eddie the Eagle. I think Eddie the Eagle, the one with uh, Taron Egerton. Okay. And then, uh, oh, there was one, the, the very first movie, I remember the very first movie I ever worked on was like, I was really excited to work on it. It was uh, Victor Frankenstein. Is it a cartoon? No, it's not. It's uh, it's the one with, what's the Harry Potter guy named? Uh, Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, so, uh, he was Igor and uh, I'm blanking out on the actor's name but uh, the guy that acted as uh, Professor X the young Professor X the guy in Split oh the, the very good actor British actor yes right? yes yes uh, he, he was Victor Frankenstein mm. and then uh, Daniel Radcliffe was uh, Igor the hunchback guy so like that was the very first movie I ever worked on that I planned media for. Then I was like super excited. Then uh, the thing about working in the, the one of the perks of working uh, in movies is that you get to watch movies before anyone does. Yeah, so like maybe about a month before. Is it because you need to know how to? Yeah, yeah. So convince? you convince. Yeah, so you okay. actually have to know your product before you're selling it. Interesting. Yeah, so. Uh, they send you the CD. Yeah. No, 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 no. We actually watch in theaters in like 9 a.m. Oh, or like wow. 10 a.m. Like an empty theater. That's a mystery sauce for me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, how do they get the film over? Do they send the VLC file? <laughs> well, actually, there's a lot of interesting stories that yeah. I, I can share with you. Because sometimes we watch unfinished films. What do you mean then, unfinished? So, uh, I don't want to say what film, but of I actually course. watch animated films that are unfinished. So, it, like for certain scenes, right, you see characters in like T pose, like unanimated, then still look like plasticine floating around. <laughs> then you hear the you hear the voice actor, like yeah. the famous voice actor, like maybe Hugh Jackman, like yeah, talking, yeah. and but the mouth is just like <laughs> just it's the weirdest thing. It's like yeah. you're supposed to take it seriously because the client brought you there to watch it. Yes. Then, while 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 you sit there, you kind of like. You can't laugh, but it's like the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. Like you see like, like, like just characters sliding. And then if yeah. there's fire, it just like straight up blocks of like Legos flying up. It looks yeah. like blocks of Legos flying out yeah. in the sky. It's one of the weirdest things It's like ever. very random. Like you wouldn't expect it. Then yeah, just so, suddenly cut to so like the this. thing is that, uh, for animated movies or like movies with very heavy CGI, right? They don't work on it like as a whole. Mm. They have teams that work on one yes. part and they teams that work on other part. So you have, you see one part with like fully like very beautiful CG flowing hair, yeah, yeah. like layers. You see like full, like few, a few of that back Ground, yep. everything completely beautiful then you see the camera shift to the next character yeah. you see like a completely square <laughs> person and then like 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 a face like like oh completely in polygons yes not the weirdest thing ever that, yep. so that that jarring switch right i remember the first few time i was like drinking i almost spat my water out <laughs> in the theater but then i had to like control because yeah. like shit my client brought me here to like, watch this seriously yeah. like, i cannot take these things yeah, it looks yeah. like an actual meme yeah, yeah. it looks <laughs> so like a parody video on youtube yeah, yeah. it looks like a parody on youtube but on a big screen mm. so it's one of the most ridiculous things ever then then for um like for movies that are very he heavy, heavily CGI, right? I've actually watched uh this this film that was that had a lot of like CGI animals. Pretty big film, uh, quite recent. I can't say what, but yeah. uh, there was this actor mm. who was supposed to be petting a dog. Sure. So so there was one scene that was petting a dog. Then he changed like the camera pan out. Yeah. Then he pan back. Then he was petting a guy wearing a green suit. <laughs> 
like the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. It was like yeah. petting. Then the guy, like the guy in the green suit, panting. Then he's petting and like completely straight face acting, saying his lines. And I was like, what the fuck is the what the fuck I'm not watching? And like everybody in the theater, like the other people in the industry, they are just watching it seriously, trying to understand what the what the story is about. Then I was like, fuck, I'm trying not to laugh. And I was like sitting right next to my like the big boss, the regional head. Then I was like, ah, oh, fuck, man. Then like once I left, I, I so Destin Destin was one of the person that I texted very first. Fuck, I can't believe what I just saw. What the fuck? Then I tried I tried to explain. I can't share with him the visuals because it's like confidential. Yeah. But I had I had to explain. I tried. I was trying to explain to him what the fuck was going on. It was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Honestly, one of the weirdest things. Then like you see like full CGI sets, right? So you yeah. see like like a guy fighting a dragon. Then you yep. see like lightings. You still see the set lightings on the top. Mm. Like like a stage. Then you see like- They haven't the removed yet. Yeah, so they haven't removed yet. So you really see like really, really raw stuff. Like maybe not so much back in the agency, maybe more now. Mm. But yeah, it's an experience. Is it because like the, it's a lot just unfinished. So they're just sending uh the this more or less like a finished product to you so you can kind of get a sense of how to, to, yeah. to do the marketing yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah. So I think I think it's also more for us to understand what the film is about and how how to angle our marketing towards like who who would this film really fit. Yeah. So that's that's uh that's that's more what it's for. I think I think a lot also a lot of times, right? They also see what our like we are kind of like the what's that term? Uh, they kind of test it on us to see what our responses are first and test it around the markets to see what their responses are. So kind of like the, the dipstick uh, ah, dipstick yep. uh, test yep. where we kind of like give feedback to the oh. the film creators to see like, oh, uh, actually maybe for our region, uh, this might not work so much. People might not like this so much and maybe they'll do changes. So there are times that we see uh, the early versions of the film that actually not like by the end of it right when it actually gets released gets released it's completely different interesting or not completely different but like large like themes have been changed yeah wow yeah. so could you paint me a picture as to what let's say what what a marketing campaign look like for a film let's say a film comes in what are the things that you have to consider hmm yeah. what are the things that I have to consider actually, actually the interesting thing about movies uh as a whole, right? It's because there, there are movie, uh, we, us as distributors and us as, uh, movie producers, right? We create the movies, but, uh, the, it's kind of fragmented because the selling part of the movies are actually from the exhibitors. So the people who are like the GVs. The selling part of the movies from, what, what do you mean by so that? So the people who actually sell the tickets. Yeah. Like so, Cathay, yeah, the Cathay, GV, uh, Shaw. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they actually, they are the actually, they are the ones who's, who do the selling of the tickets. Yep. So, so on a normal, uh, marketing, uh, normal marketing plan, right? Uh, like let's say for example, uh, a supermarket chain, you do the advertising mm. for the product and then you go all the way down to convincing people to buy. So like if you're doing an online store, you kind of have digital ads that push people to buy the ads. You know? Okay. Okay. Yeah, so you do that. You do the advertising, you do the awareness, you do the education part of it. Then you push people all the way down to the end of your campaign, which, which is the final, final action you want them to do, which is to buy. So, uh, that's, that's a norm normal campaign. But for movies, it's a bit fragmented for, mm. especially for most of markets here. Uh, for what I do is actually more of just shouting out and, and, and getting people to know and to like the film, to kind of like see the film. So it's like, there's, there's huge trailer breaks. We do, uh, marketing, like we plan for, uh, like trailer breaks. Like, what's trailer breaks? So, uh, like for example, if, uh, let's say, like No Time to Die, the movie, we are working on that right now. So, okay. uh, if, uh, it got delayed, but uh, like to announce the film, we 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 released the the like a major trailer break, and, and can we we kind of make an event out of it. Like we 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 advertise the the film, we push the film out on digital. Then uh, we kind of 
uh, push all the key assets out in the in the, in the, mm. the right places at the right time, like kind of make a big bang out of it within a period of time to kind of get people aware of it. And then once that goes on, uh, usually what we do is that uh, we have like smaller things that go on, uh, like the campaign kind of leads into a smaller part of it where we trail off to like more normal content, like showing uh, social show, uh, social assets and then different things. And then as it leads up towards the, uh, leads up towards the release date, yeah. Uh, that's where we ramp it up all, all the way back again, where we do a lot of like countdowns, we oh, do a lot okay. of like, uh, more, more video assets, like tease people to, to make them want to watch, watch it again. So like the, the main two phases that we actually do is, uh, the announcement, which is the trailer break, and then, uh, leading all the way to, uh, the release. So, uh, most of the time, most of our marketing kind of hinges on the, 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 the release, release date itself. Yeah. So I think for, an, uh, one interesting thing about that is, uh, the reason why, our job usually not ends at uh, the release date, but ours, our job kind of like focuses on the release date is because uh, for the way, the way uh, uh, exhibitor, which is like, for example, a Shaw, a GV, right, earns money and the way that we earn money as a distributor and, uh, and a producer, right? Like we, we kind of, uh, like how, how it works is that, for example, if there's a highly in demand movie, like let's say Avengers Endgame, uh, for the very first week of the, of the booking, it, it is, it is possible that, uh, 100% of the ticket sales, right, goes to Disney. For the second week, maybe 80% of the ticket sales goes to Disney, 20% goes to Shaw. It's like a condition thing that they negotiate. Yeah, so they negotiate. So this is, this is part of the, the, the distribution and sales. What, what the distribution and sales people do. It's not something that I do. It's something that I kind of learned recently. Also. Yep. So, uh, it, it, that, that's how, that's how it usually works. Like it's a profit sharing thing where, yep. where they kind of negotiate during which week. Uh, which week, uh, who earns how yep. much, who earns how much. So that's, that's one of the main reasons why for us, uh, our, a lot of our focus is to force people to watch, uh, mm. during, as, as soon as possible, like during the break, like during the early, early part. Yeah. That's, that's also usually when, when most people watch movies, uh, especially if it's a, it's a good movie. Yep. But the weird thing is that, uh, during this period of time, uh, this whole COVID situation, yep. it, it, it got, it's gotten really weird. Like, like, I think the whole industry gotten really weird. Like, like, I mean, there's, there's a lot of buzz and a lot of talk, especially when it first started. Uh, nobody, I think, a lot of articles being written about it being like, oh, the end of the film industry because yeah. they, they didn't, they, at first, initially, they didn't really see an end inside that you can't really film. A lot of major films this year got delayed yeah. to God knows when. Maybe right now, maybe in America, they are kind of testing the waters, maybe to film a little bit, yeah. to continue filming. But yeah. It's, it's a really weird time because I think, I think for the first thing is that, just people aren't, aren't as willing to go to a theater mm. being squeezed together with uh with a bunch of people so i think i think for singapore specifically right no matter how big the theater is there is a restriction of a maximum of 50 people so if let's say you're in a thousand person hall right thousand seat hall oh, wow. you could have 50 people so it's more or less like a private screening uh yes. experience with you. i mean yeah. it, if you're daring enough that yep. that would be interesting yep. yeah but uh yeah it, it it restricts like the 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 a lot of things like like I think on a restriction end and also on the personal end like people being more cautious yeah things things are a little bit different right now and then uh, like what you said uh, film productions are being pushed back I think uh, I think especially for the US because I think a lot of the productions are in US so US kind of in mess right now yep yeah so uh, how do I put this um there are a lot more safety precautions that has been enforced by the by the unions over there yep yeah so uh, yeah I think I think I think the f- that I think they they I, I don't really know the specifics. Uh, don't quote me on this, but uh, I think they they need they need uh, 
specific safety, kind of like a safety officer you know, <laughs> to enforce like safety officer to enforce uh, the, the, the regulations. Yeah, the regulations, oh the code regulations. Yeah. But then at the same time, it's also very vague. So I think the very first film that started the production back was actually Jurassic World 3. The one with Chris Pratt? Yeah, the one with Chris Pratt. I thought the story ended because it was so abysmal. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not allowed to say anything because okay, it, it's, it's, it's under Universal. So <laughs> I would like to say that it's uh, it's probably a great film. You right? can text me what you want to say right now. I can say it. <laughs> I, I'm obliged to say that You're it would be, be a great film. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah. Yeah, so, but besides that, uh, also I think I think um, as a whole, films that has been done already, so like Tenet from uh, Christopher Nolan. Okay has been ready and, and like he's he's been wanting to push it out as soon as possible already. but i think at the same time also because of the restrictions that that's like around around the world around the world right now and then also because of people being less willing to be in the theaters right now it, it won't be a right like if you spend like maybe 200 million on a movie yes you're not going to earn back the money you know yep. that kind of thing yeah so that's that's something to be to think about yeah was it a lot of uh putting out fires on your front initially because you said that there was a lockdown i mean uh almost like it seems like a lifetime ago but three months back the, yeah. in Singapore the circuit breaker thing started everything was locked down uh, we didn't know when it would end and I think the news only came out recently that the cinemas are kind of going to be yeah. open just as, really just to see how it goes because uh, it's, it's it's quite difficult to imagine this state of things continuing all the way to the end of the year so yeah. initially for, for you guys you said that there, there were films ready to be pushed out but the timing isn't right and yeah. how, how 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 would you navigate because I, I, I would imagine this is this is new to all of us yeah it definitely is <laughs> I think it's very because I, I don't only manage Singapore I manage like regional markets mm. so I think it was very weird because we were ramping up for a lot of movies really like like we were doing a lot of work for like maybe uh, one of the movies was like No Time to Die mm. then another one was Trolls World Tour which yeah. is uh, <laughs> actually, actually a pretty good movie you know to be honest it's pretty you're good obliged movie. to say that no, so I, I, I can't honestly, take your opinion honestly I think it was a good movie <laughs> I, I think if you ask Destin right and like some of my friends they'll say like I'm kind of biased but I honestly think it's a great film it's about music and stuff but uh <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay, my opinions aside, yeah. uh like we were we were planning like like a few of these like big releases. So we were actually doing a lot of work, then all of a sudden just nothing. Oh, just God. like like everything's just stood still. Because there was no 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 theaters open in the region. The only theater still running since then till now is actually Taiwan. Mm. And I believe Vietnam. Because, because they got it under, under yeah, Taiwan got it like, pretty yeah. much under control. But at the same time, they don't have any new films to push. Yeah. So I think because of the whole like it's just very weird, like I hope my boss don't, don't hear this, but uh, I, I I got oddly like free. I, I had really nothing much to do for a period of time because there's really nothing to market yes. for like two months, three months. Yep. Like you kind of like, we were we were getting ready to like for it to be like the busiest like few months of our- So like I would imagine November, December, even January, February of this year. Yeah. 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 So so uh, actually one of the the main time was like actually now, uh, June, May, June, July, like summer, summer, period, yeah, yeah. summer period. So like a lot of the blockbusters, a lot of the bigger films were supposed to come out during this period of time. But yeah, I just didn't like that. I think if I'm not wrong, I can't remember the actual original date, but Fast and Furious was supposed to come out. The newest mm. Fast and Furious was supposed to come out. I like think the Black year. Widow movie was supposed to come out. Yeah, that was supposed to come out this yeah. uh, like this year. Then I think yeah, there was a lot of big films like Mulan. Uh, I think one of, one of the Pixar films that came out just before the uh, before the the whole lockdown thing happened completely flopped. Oh dear. Yeah, I think it was called uh, I can't remember the one with Chris Pratt and uh, uh, I know. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. is it one about souls? 
the something about feelings or souls. No, that that's called soul, which hasn't. Oh, hasn't, hasn't, hasn't <laughs> I think it's about like two orc brothers that like kind of something to do with magic. Right? I I might have seen the 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 posters. Onwards. I think it's got onwards. I, I might have seen the posters yeah. on like uh, train stations and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's let, let's say uh ad spots on like uh when when you take the trains in Singapore, you you see it all splashed all over like the the the, the covers. Those are considered uh marketing. Yeah, 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 definitely. So uh like. Anywhere you see like ads on the bus, on like train stations. So those are all specifically bought by us. Yeah. So like bought by, by people who plan the marketing plan. Not specifically us. I don't do yeah. Disney, but uh, yep. yeah. Those are those are all strategic. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very weird time. Was <laughs> yeah. we, we, we will definitely talk about that later, but I, I'm curious to know, um, has there been any uh marketing strategies that you, you've seen either uh within your company or you've seen maybe your competitors do that has struck you as is maybe it's a bit interesting maybe mm-hmm. it's successful in any sense of your definition of the word wow I can't really think of one right now like interesting hmm or, or just comes to mind I think this is this is way before I actually started uh started uh like working in the film industry yeah. or like even working in general but uh not sure if you remember this film called Cloverfield oh yes yeah so they did this like really really in-depth uh I can't remember what's the term but but they, they created like a fake world mm within our world okay. using online online resources. So so I think I think the thing about Cloverfield, if you watch the film, right, it's a pretty basic film. It's a monster flick, alien. The, 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 the handicam style, right? Yeah, yeah handicam yeah. style. So like, like if you watch the film by itself, it's pretty basic. But before the film started, right, they did this full thing where they pretended like there was this company, a fake company website that they didn't even promote. Their fake company website that was testing on like mm. certain chemicals or something like some deep sea experiment and then like somehow or another it's just very convoluted and like it just led the whole internet to to kind of discover what the fuck is going yep, on yep, yep. yeah it's like it's just such a weird thing then like somehow like the the power of the internet like everybody just like uniting together and like solving the mystery yep. they found out that oh there are actually like hidden clips within the coding of the website mm. and then like like really like in depth I, I don't know how they how they did that but uh, everything just led to like the 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 site saying that oh there might be certain like uh chemicals that this company is releasing to that that affects like deep sea marine life so that that that's all that is but when you watch the film right there was one of the very last scene in the movie where there was a very throwaway shot where like I think I think after the whole event of the film happened then because it's handicam yep. the later part of the movie switched back to a, a, a time before the whole event of the film happened then okay. it's like a, a, a peaceful timer yeah. then in the background when they were they were on like uh, on the pier you see like a very small like object from the sky flying into the deep like flying into the sea Okay. Yeah. So it kind of linked back all into the into the major story of like so so I think it's very interesting because it kind of it kind of like that 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 whole marketing thing was very interesting because I don't think they actually spent money on it. They just spent a lot of effort on it to create effort a, and thought, like, effort yeah. and thought into to create like a an alternate universe within yeah. our universe yeah. that links that that actually enrich the story of yeah. the the movie itself. I, I I thought that was very impressive. I don't think it's. Not say I think it's still possible, but I don't think it's worth the time to do it right now because I think I think a, a lot of us our, our attention span is a lot shorter right now compared mm. to back then. But I think that was what something that struck me to be very interesting. Are you yeah. familiar with the term ARGs? ARG augmented reality games. No, I think I forgot what the definition is. I think but that's I think the thing. That's, that's, that's what they call these things where it it, it kind of transcends the narrative of what the actual product is. So I've I've seen it a lot. 
in music, I think when they want to release like a certain song, I, a certain I think that's album, what I think that's the term augmented yeah. reality games or yeah, something. So it, yeah. it kind of transcends the reality, and you will kind of question, "Hey, is what what is this?" Because yeah, I I think the most the the only thing that comes to mind right now is not not a film or anything, but the Cicada three three zero one thing. Nah, so nah. it's like this. Think of it as uh. There, there, there isn't really any definite answers on what they are. So just think of it as p- uh, random posters of a cicada uh-huh. and like a QR code and I think some cryptic text uh-huh. that you have to problem solve it. Yeah. And it led, I guess, the internet on a massive like finding spree because all these different posters start, started finding themselves all over the world. Shit. And I think this was the early internet, like 2000s and yeah. the Reddit was active, 4chan was active. So by the power of these communities, just people started taking, people asking, why is there this picture of this cicada? Yeah. What is this? Is this like a secret group? Is this like a marketing campaign? Uh-huh. And I think people are really inquisitive in that sense. So when you, when you talked about the Cloverfield, yeah. that, that kind of came to mind as well. And yeah, so this QR code link to perhaps a sound clip, a sound clip would have a number, you call the number, yeah, it would yeah, lead to yeah. something else. So people do like that that quest really it's like yeah, a quest yeah, yeah 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 it's like a really large scale escape room yeah <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, yeah back in the day yeah, yeah I, I think I, I don't, I'm not sure whether it will work right now but but it's something that was really during that period of time like the early 2000s mm. the early like within the 2000s like yep. before the 2010s yep. because the, the, the guy that did Cloverfield which is JJ Abrams if I'm not wrong he did Lost also Oh, so Lost I mean that's not that's not the ending that's not the ending but like the first season of Lost was like deeply involved in, in that whole gaming thing yeah. so like there was that oceanic plane thing that kind of linked to like like there was actual site that like had you could book seats on it but then the seats kind of had like weird glitches yeah, that yeah, you have yeah. to like go through it yeah. like so I think I think he, that, that, during that period of time I think I believe the Dark Knight actually did something like that also I don't remember the Dark Knight something to do with the Joker then like you link to find out the villain of the movie was yeah. actually the Joker I think I think that period of time was that was very interesting to me. The hindsight you look at it is like whoa. Yeah, yeah. It was like that's such massive planning and like such a risk. Because why if you do all this right, then no one plays the game. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, put, yeah like definitely. how many days and weeks of effort would it take to just create all this and like just lead people on this weird chase, yep. this wild goose chase? You yep. know, then like what if no one plays it? Exactly, it's such a risk. And it's really inf- impressive. That that is very true. Yeah, and yeah. I would imagine information goes a lot slower but I guess that is where I always feel that something like that it, it adds a, a secret ingredient to let's say whatever you're just selling whatever you're trying to say because it it sticks with you it's mm-hmm. not just oh you see an ad I think I I, I, I recently read something to say that we are kind of like the f- we, we have we have grown up with advertising and the, and the subsequent generations uh, younger than us they, they grow up to advertising and they are kind of like sort of quote unquote immune to it yeah. they can just turn it off but I think these are ways that people uh, are innovative in a sense that they 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 try to sell you something without really selling it, but, but they're, they're trying to sell you on a bigger concept yeah. that, that you, you kind of buy into like even to this day you still remember oh someone did something like that you remember the movie you remember like, like the trace elements of it yeah definitely I think I think, I think think the term in marketing is noise because I think uh, I think for now it's it's just there's, if, if you see too much of a certain kind of advertising no matter how great the ad is, how how great the 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 video is, how great the internet banner is, I have never seen a great internet banner. But yeah, uh, no, ma- no matter ad how blogger. great it is, sorry, <laughs> ad blog. Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of people has ad blog. So I think you it just after a while you just like it, it, it just becomes static. Yeah. So you're just doing something that actually genuinely resonates with the audience. Yeah. I think that's that's what's most important. Maybe perhaps 
I could only speculate that they are going for more of a, a quantitative thing that they keep saying yeah. that's a particular thing because I would imagine. So so the funny thing, ten, ten, let's let's sidetrack for a bit. I think YouTube ads. Yeah. I would say that ninety five percent of it, when the ad plays, you go straight to the skip button. Yeah. You wait five seconds, and they yeah. implement this, which is interesting. And you're kind of forced to to even see a little bit of before you want to skip. Yeah. But I think one of the recent trends that I saw, like some of the ads, they go up to like 10 minutes, 22 minutes. 20, oh shit. It's ridiculous. I was like looking at it. Is this an ad? It, it is an ad because there's a skip ad thing, yeah. but it's a 22 minute uh, short. Yeah, I actually seen, I actually had clients that wanted to do that before. So, so mm. <laughs> it's a thing. I mean, what it is, is I mean, on the back end, how, how it's Im- implemented is that yeah, as long as you have a YouTube page, you can choose any video to like upload as an ad. Yeah. So you just push it out. So definitely there are clients who have like 20 minutes yeah. assets that they want to push out. But definitely doesn't work. Like who's going to sit through 22 minutes if let's say I want to watch a video about like my favorite YouTuber eating a mukbang yes. or something. Yeah. And you're going to show me a 20 minutes video of like rice that's unrelated <laughs> to, my, to my thing. Who's going to be interested, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's mostly getting the right assets at the right place at the right time. So I think like one 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 other thing that also you wanted I mean like the one that we're talking about is actually YouTube ads right. I think one of the things that people do right now is to add their logos at the very beginning in the five seconds. Mm. Yeah. So so it's something that like before people skip there, you have to see your ad. Yeah. Yeah. Then another big thing that's 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 happening right now is the non-skippable ads, which is the fifteen-second ads that you can't skip. Yeah. Which it's actually a thing that. Uh, Back when I was in the agency, I was kind of like debating with my clients a little bit about this because, true, people can't skip ads, but you kind of annoy people with you your leave ads. a bad taste. Like. Yeah, so you do you really want that? You know, you don't really give people the, the like you, you want you want people to see your ad, but you also don't want to force them to see it because like nowadays people have the choice not to, and you if you force them to, they're not, they're going to be annoyed. Mm. So you want your brand to be uh, kind of like linked to annoyance, yep. you know? So that's one. That's another thing to think about. Yeah. So so fast forward to today. Uh, has your roles within, let's say, uh, a, a team um, creating a strategy has it changed? Uh, yeah. I mean, back then I was very hands on. Uh, so I started from traditional media. Yeah. Then I transitioned within the two the first two years to digital, more to digital. So I was more like hybrid within mm. the first two years. Then I did social media. So uh, now I don't do social media at all. I don't I don't manage any social media, and I don't really do any hands on stuff. So what I do now is more uh. I advise, I advise uh, markets around us on their media plans. So they kind of do their plans. Uh, I kind of trust them because, I mean, to be honest, if you're going to ask me about like how it's like on the ground in the Philippines or how is it like on the ground in you Indonesia, know. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Someone in Indonesia, someone in the Philippines would know better. So I, actually, I would just, I, my my role is actually more to uh, advise them from a very top level, from a very theoretical level of like what I know. Not say theoretical, but from a very generic level to advise them, but not to like enforce anything. It's more like, hey, uh, in general, this is actually what I would recommend to do. But like, if they are against it, then like they tell me they are like in market within their market, there are certain special things that happen that uh, might not apply to them. Right, certain rules don't apply to them. Then yeah, obviously I would trust them on that. Yeah, so my my role now is more advisory than than actual planning and doing. Yeah. Before I move on, I need to know: Has the dog page came back? Since you can. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> a, it was the very first thing that I ever I did. Like I once I quit, should back. Yeah. So what? What since since you you manage more of a, a Southeast Asia, right? You were yeah. saying. Uh, so that includes uh Malaysia, Thailand, Vietnam, uh, Indonesia, South Korea, Japan. No, not South Korea. So uh, only Taiwan from the from that that part of the world. Yeah. So it's uh, Indonesia, Vietnam, Taiwan, 
uh, I said Taiwan, Taiwan, Thailand, Singapore, Malaysia, and Philippines. Okay. I, there's no duplicates. Yeah, I, yep. I believe these are the seven markets. So what what are the trends that you have noticed as 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 you have done uh, this this particular profession? Uh, yeah. Yeah, what so are actually, the sudden trends you've noticed? Mm, I've actually okay. So uh, I'll be very honest. I, I just started like last September in in the in yeah, the so most good, yeah. Like, it's about close to a year now. Yeah, yeah, it's close to a year, but it's also a very weird year. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's true, lah. Like so a, a lot of things that I've learned. There's I like a really, gap, <laughs> yeah. There's like a weird like ve- like vacuum in the middle here. So so I would say like I'm I'm not super experienced, but I I realize that certain markets have certain uh like uh. Definitely for markets like uh, Singapore, Malaysia, we are more alike. But then uh, markets, let me think, more for markets like, apparently markets like Taiwan, they're not really into animation films somehow. Anima- what, what, what would you classify as animation? animation. So like anything from like uh, DreamWorks, Pixar, I think. Mm. Yeah. So I think, I think the only thing that worked there is the Minions. <laughs> yeah, the Minions. I, I, that's what I heard. Yeah, that's what, yeah. that's why I, I like, I, I don't know how true it is, anecdotal. And then uh, countries like Malaysia, countries like Indonesia, they like horror a lot. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then I think Vietnam has a very interesting thing. I don't know whether it's still in play or not, but for a lot of films, the bad guy can't win. The bad guy can't, can't win. It's one of the one of the rules they had. I don't know whether is it still in play or not. I think I believe it's uh, something in the past. But like for example, uh if let's say I don't know what what film like let's say the Joker, yeah. Like uh, in a way, he's kind of like not not the he's not really a protagonist. He's not he's more of an uh, antihero. So I would he's say. a grey villain. Yeah, he's kind of like a villain, but he's kind of like still the main character within the film, right? At the end of the film, they have to like write, oh, uh, two years later, this guy got caught in a in a prison or something. They have to like make up something to make it seem like crime does not pay. Yep. You know, it's it's more of a moral thing. Like they have weird rules like that. Yeah. Mm. In Vietnam, back then, and uh, yeah. Uh, homosexuality not fully ac- accepted for a lot of markets sadly uh, so for let's say something like that with the rule do they have to change the film nah they have to edit or sometimes they don't even release it certain places huh. yeah so oh, one interesting incident that happened there was an animated film recently that we tried to release uh, based it's not it's an animated film that uh, kind of set in China animated film set in set in China so it's an English animated film uh, characters are in, in China Chinese characters they like it's a cartoon, more or less. I, I, I don't really want to say what, but... Uh, I think I know what. Yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think you should know what. I think I know yeah, what. Yeah. So, so there was an issue where where it's a very throwaway scene in the back in the background, there was a map. Yeah, the map that like, kind of... Uh, there was a demarcation of like uh, dotted lines around a certain oh, territory. Dear. Okay. Yeah, so it was okay. a very throwaway. I didn't even notice. I watched the film twice before the film actually even came out. I watched the film twice and I didn't even notice it because it's such a... It, it wasn't even in focus. It was in the background. Uh, it wasn't even an important oh, scene. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but uh, because of that specific map with that demarcation of the lines uh, saying China's territory covers a certain specific area, a lot of our markets uh, found that out and they kind of, they they just banned the film as well. Because, I mean, to be fair, it's also a very, it's a very strong political statement. Yes. Yeah, to say that certain territories are, that belongs to one country instead of the other or instead of the countries that that we are filming it in. It's a very strong political stance, even though it's like a, such a throwaway scene. So it, it caused a lot of uh, situation, a lot mm. of like- Heated, like, heated, heated opinions. Yeah, correct. And like <laughs> it's to the point where certain markets want, want, like say that they might even ban, uh, if, if this happens again, they might even ban like uh, films from this studio. But ever. it brings about an interesting question yeah. because let's say if it's a throwaway scene, yeah. assuming- uh, giving the the studio the benefit of the doubt, yeah. I would imagine. Let's say if it's worked on by one another particular studio, yeah. 
maybe the studio publishing it doesn't even know that something exactly. exists inside. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I guess, I think the thing is the news of it or like the, the person that spotted it Stress, uh, released yeah, it on the yeah, internet. Yeah. Oh know? my god! Yeah, it's not, not say I don't think the person watched it lah, but the person who watched it, I believe he released it on that and like the whole like he made a big hoo ha about it, and I think the government had, the government had to react to it lah. So I, I think it was more reactionary than like the government actually because I'm sure the 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 advisory boards within that within that wouldn't even see that scene. It's probably someone who kind of like made some noise and yeah made like just kind of kind of caused a whole chain effect to happen yeah. yeah but yeah it's pretty sensitive so there are weird rules in different countries yeah do you do you get to visit all these different countries just to get a sense of what it's like on the ground by right i should be oh yeah okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so actually okay. i actually went to vietnam last year uh for a conference last late last year mm. very interesting I, I met a lot of the market so we actually see we, we actually met like filmmakers from the, like Hollywood itself like I think one of the producers from Fast and Furious actually came down to speak to us so it's quite interesting yeah by right we should be like maybe this year or next year we should have like there were plans for us to go maybe go to like LA or something to kind of see like like to have a conference there and is it just to see how how things operate over there or? not really it's more of to more, more of for them to tell us what's coming up in the next two three years what's in oh, the works yeah okay, so like okay. they, they do show us like clips like so so some of the clips that i, I mentioned like the the weird animated <laughs> yeah it's, it came from there i mean great, great films great films no but doubt great films but uh really really unfinished <laughs> but i mean the, the dog thing you shared is so funny <laughs> i mean honestly honestly if it was like i mean i did watch the finished product it's was, it was all right but i mean the the unfinished there was there's a reason why it's unfinished like i mean there's a reason why it's not out in the public yeah although i feel that it should be but <laughs> yeah but uh yeah i think they do show like sometimes they even show like ask their plans for two three years ahead like what films wow. are in the works or what films are not in the work but recently green lighted but, but these are different studios it's sort of like it's like a pitch or they're just showing you no, no, so slate things that are, are confirmed really. so the yep. slate of what is planned so uh for example we have like films that i i see three years down the road like they haven't even cast the people yet that kind of thing but they have this like like how Marvel does it's showing uh. yeah something like that but uh, a lot more like ahead and 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 less oh. complete yeah so Marvel sometimes they do it they, they haven't cast it but then they have names right Some, sometimes we don't even have a name hmm? yeah like we, we have okay we have a name but it changes sometimes you know so yeah something something along those lines uh, yeah it, it's, it's very like just for us to understand because for us our point of view is what are we going to work on you know, it's not what we're going to consume, but what we're going to work on. So it's for us to like mentally prepare ourselves. Like, oh, next year is going to be a hard year. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> or like next year, we're going to like focus on this. What's our, what's our focus? Like for certain markets, if there are certain budget or like bonuses within mm-hmm. their, their media buys, where to focus it on, you know, where to put it on. So um, it kind of gives you a glimpse of, let's say, the clients, like, yeah, your, your work schedule or how yeah, to yeah. pace out the work. How, how to, yeah, how to pace out the work and also like what to focus on, what, what, what films are the key films that, uh, we are we are like kind of like uh, leaning on the next Do year. Uh, uh, would y'all be in charge of scheduling like different parts of the year? Or Not is that really. One, uh, uh, that's mostly so usually uh, as in different parts of the year. What you mean? Like so, let's say uh, let's say if it's summer now, uh, you guys internally would know a particular type of film would do better in the summer as opposed to let's mm. say later in the year. Yeah, is so that how you guys work? It's a, it's a little bit. Uh, it's usually based on uh the us so okay. like for example like the us and the uk so uh depends on when they're releasing it so usually you don't want to release too late because like you know it's gonna be out out there at the end like piracy is gonna be a thing and then 
like you don't really want spoilers. Well, if for bigger films, you don't want you, you want to release it as soon as possible because like let's say if you release, uh, I'm just going to use like Avengers again, Avengers Endgame, yep. and then uh, Avengers Endgame releases in the America. We got it first. Yeah, we got it first. We got yeah. it the day, the day before, I think. Yeah, usually we we get it before. Yeah, for some reason. I think we and Australia because of the time zone. Yeah, some whatever, time zone, yeah. and I heard this somewhere. I don't know how true it is, but apparently, like. <laughs> We don't leak spoilers as quickly or something like that. We don't. So, so Singapore? Uh, apparently, if America is the first one to get it, a lot of spoilers will come out on the internet. Mm. That's why I heard. Like, I don't know how true is that is that theory, but sounds plausible to me. I mean, but, the, 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 there was the letter. I don't know if, you, if you've known this, but there was a letter from the director saying that, hey, don't spoil. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's actually a thing that, that's going to happen for like bigger movies. Like I think I think a lot of uh, bigger movies, they're going to try that out. Because I think spoilers is... It, uh, for a lot of films especially those with like big twists or like things people are actually anticipating for spoilers really ruin it like, like ruins your experience so I think I think like uh, for a lot of times like let's say for Endgame if you know like who's going to die what's going to happen before the before you even watch a film you're going to ruin like half your experience w- would, you, would you not watch a film if you like you really wanted to watch it but someone spoiled it for you would you not I would it? but I'd be angry the whole time <laughs> I'd be pissed the whole time obviously yeah yeah I, yeah, I, I believe I think I I think that's what happened for me for Endgame lah. So I got spoiled. Oh, someone spoiled. Yeah, yeah. Someone spoiled it. Yeah, he watched the uh, he watched the morning film. Then he kind of spoiled the film. I can't remember. It was about some. It was about April last year, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I, I was actually very. I I I I, was, I mean I like films in yeah. general, but I know I know a lot, a lot of like film buffs. They they don't really like the whole MCU thing. I I love it. I I like watching it. So. I was actually looking forward for it. I actually pre-booked my tickets. Yeah. IMAX 3D. I remember how crazy ready. it was. Yeah, it was. Though, yeah. It was so hard to get the tickets. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. So I was like, I, I got the move, I got the tickets, I think two, three days after release, which is actually really late already. Mm. So uh, one, one of my friends uh, watched it in the morning of the day of release. Yeah. And then, spoiler alert, but then uh, like for anyone who hasn't watched it and has been living in a rock yeah, like, yeah. for the past year, but like he he, he typed out on Facebook, yeah, why? Why the fuck Iron Man die? <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> like, the fuck you watch that? The early morning film, the earliest possible time slot you could watch in Singapore and then you said the biggest spoiler in yeah, the film yeah. itself. I'm like, fuck, man. No longer my friend. Unfriend immediately. Immediately <laughs> unfriend that guy. I was like, fuck that guy, man. He's no longer my friend. <laughs> yeah, so, so, like, when I was watching the film itself, I got completely, like, upset. Because like. you already like, know that was happening. Okay, so I tried to convince myself that it didn't happen. <laughs> I was like, nah, 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 this guy talking cock. No, nah, this guy not, like, he don't know what he's talking about. Like, this guy not real fan. Or, like, I just try to convince myself. Yeah. Like, like, he don't know what shit talking about. Then when I watched it, then when it actually happened, I was like, fuck, man, it actually happened. Yeah. But like, yeah, I, it kind of dampened the, the experience a little bit. So that that is why, like, I think spoilers is something that, like, they're, they're trying to, like, circumvent or, like, avoid. No, but I'm sure it's still going to come out. Definitely. Yeah, spoilers yeah. such a hard thing to keep. I mean, I mean leaks, li- leaks uh, I, I think spoilers are close to leaks as well. Yeah, like leaks. People le- leaking the entire movie online yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Leaks are really damaging. Leaks are really, really damaging. Yeah. Just because if someone can see it, then they probably won't just go to, to, to the theater to see it yeah, anymore. Yeah, exactly. And and I think, okay, so one example, not not film related, but I I, I, I play I play a game called Last of Us. Did oh yeah, the, the Naughty Dog one, yeah. Yeah, Naughty Dog one. So there was Last of Us 2 recently, right? Yeah. Then, uh, this is an example of how a leak could ruin ruin like a game. So I think there were two uh two 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 leaks that came out, major plot points within the film uh, within the game itself, uh that, that that came out like two three weeks before the release. Then uh controversial controversial uh plot points, and then uh, a lot of people when they see it right, they immediately like flipped because mm-hmm. it, I mean like it's it's not I'm not gonna say what because some yep. people might might still be playing, but like it's it's. It's very controversial and something like like things that like 
very very bold moves for, yep. from the from yep. the story creator's yep. point of view. Uh, but but uh, like people like knee jerk reaction immediately yep. start 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 uh flaming the the yep. film, uh flame, flaming the game itself, and then yep. uh on I think a lot of the game rating sites users started rating it like zero yeah, zero just zero flamed zero. It, yeah, so it's all out of context. But then when the game come out, right, game critics like rated it a ten. I played it. I thought it was a great a great game, like amazing game. So I I I, I luckily I, I I got to avoid all the spoilers. I went I, then I went to check the reviews and a lot of the reviewers uh the user reviewers people who who are not who are not professional critics. I see a lot of reviews like a large majority of them are people who have not even played the game, who mm. just saw the, the the spoilers out of context and then just yep. flame the flame the game. So I think that's very hurtful for the for for the story itself. So definitely leaks are something that I mean it's it's very harmful, like very, very harmful. Yep. Like a lot of people like to prejudge before even yep. consuming. Yep. So it's it's and 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 I think the internet is a place where a lot of people don't really uh fact check or like don't really you know yep. there's no real like like you, people can just say things i think the know? anonymity of it kind of yeah. kind of cultivates a culture of knee-jerk reactions yeah, and yeah. because it is text it is not speech yeah it, there is no tonality to it you and sometimes i'm sure a lot, be a lot of screaming happening like if there's tonality <laughs> yeah but but i think the point would be that because it's text you 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 would uh assume certain things wrongly you would interpret things wrongly just because it's text yeah yeah i mean also i, I think another thing is also uh it's easier to find a tribe on the internet so even if you're on like the fucked up side of things yeah. you, it's easier to find a tribe you, you will have someone echoing the yeah, same exactly. opinion so, so it's, it's if, if you're not saying the right things and you're, you're not believing the right things it not like you're just gonna shut yourself up from people who disagree with you and then you're just gonna like go ahead and like just scream whatever the hell you wanna scream yeah. because there's thousands of people all around the world who are willing to scream the same things yeah. as you so I think that, that that goes with a lot of things right now so in, 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 the, in the world right now it's yeah. a very weird time where where people start being very uh, start being in a in an echo chamber of sorts. And it's the buzzword know? of the last two years. Uh. Yeah, echo yeah. chamber. It's really a thing. I've I've been talking to my friend recently about uh, echo chambers and how to avoid being an echo chamber. And one of those things is like, you uh, very weird. But like you know, on Facebook, yes. if you see people who like, you know, it's most of the time you see people who like say weird stuff or like like your random friend that you met in primary school, but then like completely disconnected. Early, then like, yep. they start having very weird thoughts, like. <laughs> I don't know that kind of thing. Don't unfollow them. Just keep them to kind of observe. Just see what's out there, you know, yep, that kind yep. of thing. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's that things that we've been doing now. But uh, the only people I unfollow are people who like give spoilers. Up. <laughs> <laughs> you you unfriend and fuck uh, them fuck, from fuck your that life. guy, man. Fuck that guy. But other than that, like you know, if you have weird point of views, uh, it might piss me off. But like sometimes, yeah, just see, uh, see what's what's up. Yeah. I I think being being. It's it's important to be uncomfortable and to to be aware of why you're uncomfortable. Yeah, that's true. So just going off from that, um, yeah. or something recently that you found out that kind of challenged your opinion on things that that forces you like to take a different perspective. Hmm. What comes to mind? Interesting. Wow. What challenged my perspective? Uh? Hmm. I think a lot. Of th- I think for the virus itself specifically, right? A lot. A lot of things got challenged. Like within a short period of time, I think very beginning was like, oh, is it even real? Yep. But then like, kind of challenged my, like, oh, it is real. Yep. But then like, also kind of challenged my perspective, like, oh, but then like, it's opening up the country a good thing, mm. you know. Then there are perspective that comes into play. Like I was very staunch of like, hey, fuck that man, we are all gonna stay at home. Like like, let's just settle this, be safe, and like you know, get this over and done with uh. Like you know, don't go out lah, you know. But then at the same time, like the whole like as time went on, there's the whole like argument about economy, the argument about like people needing to work to earn a livelihood 
which actually makes sense. Like I think, I think, like on that front, a lot of people are split yep. whether to like oh completely stay home, but then at the same time also like, like, like I I, I was flip flopping around that end. Yep. So I think I think I think that's one example of of how how it is where like hmm, uh, maybe I should think like maybe I, maybe because I'm privileged, so I don't really have to think about like you know I can just stay at home and yep. just work yep. from home. Yep. Not everyone can do that. Exactly. That's one of those things that uh really challenge my my thought like. Yeah, just just thinking outside of yourself. Uh, like, I, I can't really think of any other examples right now. Maybe, hmm. Oh yeah, so I uh uh the whole Black Lives Matters thing. Mm. Yeah, so I mean I'm definitely on board for the whole Black Lives Matters thing, but uh, I do have friends. Okay, actually maybe that one didn't really challenge my 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 mindset. But I do. I, I had a friend who flew all the way to America, and then wore a maga hat in Singapore. It's like weird. Wait, wait, what? Yeah, it's, you have a. Friend in Singapore. Who got, so he has a fiance in uh, yes. in, in, in the US. Then he flew over and then he start like spouting like MAGA shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I okay, honestly it didn't really challenge my 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 worldview. My, the only thing that challenged my worldview is like, oh fuck, why why did why did I have this such a friend in the first place? But but I mean, yeah, I mean have what's my point? <laughs> did so, did you ask him why he did it? Or was it just No, I I kinda I kinda uh had a falling out with him because mm. I think he got too aggressive about his own MAGA mindset. Oh dear. Yeah, like, no, like, it's, I, I mean, generally, I'm a very open-minded person. Like, even if, like, I'm not fully religious, but if you want to talk to me about religion, I'm okay to talk about religion. As long as we are both open-minded about it, if you want to talk about, like, politics, I might not have to agree about with your politics. I might not have to, 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 to be on the same side as you, but we can both agree or like we can both kind of understand where each other comes from and agree to disagree somewhat you know there's always a middle ground for everyone mm. like just understanding that like there's no left there's no right there's no right there's i mean there are, there are there's right and there's wrong but then like the idea of like if you're left you're left you're right you're right i think that's bullshit i think i think everyone should be kind of like just judging everything as a thing by itself and yep. then uh, making your own like, idea up. So I think open discourse is something that we are, we are, we are deeply missing in society right now. Like ha- having the ability to talk about things openly and not like just attack someone. I think that's, I think that's fine. So I, I, I used to have like, like when he was still like leaning on that side, I was like, I, I kind of was still kind of open. Like, hey, what's your point of view? Then I just still listen. Then I kind of gave him my point of views about stuff. So like, like, that that like that ended last and still ended nicely. But I think I guess over time he got like he, he started reading more weird, yep. weird stuff. I think it's a rabbit hole, like mm. conspiracies and stuff. And then like I guess if 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 a certain rhetoric say that don't trust certain things and then uh, don't like certain certain news sites or like certain sources it are It kind of confirms your own biases. Exactly, like confirmation bias and, and a lot of things a lot of things along the way that like, I kinda like stopped talking for two, three weeks and then he came back, then he like started attacking me out of nowhere. And I was like, What the fuck? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was like no, no, that I was done with that But because it reached a point, it's not because of his beliefs, but it reached a point where there is no point really. Because like, when there's no someone, understanding, there's no understanding yeah. really when you're just attacking someone and you're not like there to just hear someone out or you're not there to have actually have a discussion. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's where my line is. Uh, but I think if uh, no matter how how different our thoughts are, if you're still open to actually properly hear me out and and I'm still open to hear you, I think things things can still be discussed. You know, so yeah, that's one of the things. Uh. I want yeah. to say that I think your religion is beer. No, not really. Craft it's beer? a lot of cups. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you like kind of trying to assume, like trying to profile me? Yes, again? I'm trying to profile you. After you profile me as a Templis guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, going back to what you said about uh, the middle ground, yeah. is is that something that you have always, uh, is, is that something that's always been part of your identity or is it something that grew uh, along the way that you realized that, hey, like, why can't we just talk it out? Because mm-hmm. the, the thing about this course, it, it is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think 
I would imagine, I, I, I really struggle to find any one particular reason as to why things are like that because mm. we live in an age where information is readily available. Mm. But I guess somewhere along the line, the information doesn't really translate to wisdom. It's just a lot of information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I just want to get your thoughts on that. So I think the first question to ask is, uh, is it, has, has it always been part of my identity? I think not so much all the while, but I think ever since I was young, my dad tried to, my dad's a person that always tried, I think I used to be very like, the, the kind of kid that like, uh, whatever my friends are doing, I'll just do, they're like, uh, like, the kind of, that, that like normal mother would say like, hey, you're, you're, they issue, issue, that kind of thing, or like, they jump off the cliff, you jump off the cliff, I used to be that kind of kid, yeah. so, so, somewhere along the line, I think my, my, my dad kind of realized that, then he kind of like, spoke to me, and told, told me like, uh, things like, but he told me like, 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 make up, make up your own mind, you know, about things, don't, don't, uh, don't just follow, mm. like process what they're doing and then like make your own belief. You know, that that's one of the things that my dad taught me. And yeah, another thing also is I used to watch a lot of stand-up. So Chris Rock. Stand-up comedy. Stand-up stand -up comedy. So Chris Rock, uh, I think one of his one of his bits was uh, something to do with like, I'm not left, I'm not right. Like on certain things, I'm conservative, certain things I'm liberal. Like, like I can't remember what the actual bit was, but like that whole bit also made me think a lot. So I think on my very early, I, I don't know how my parents let me watch like Chris Rock early, very early on in my life, but <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I, I did. But yeah, uh, yeah that, I think that really informed or like that, that kind of like made me think that way of like, hey, I like, I might subscribe to certain ideas of thought, but not fully. Like certain things, I might not have to agree with everything. You know, uh, if if there's something about a certain side that I agree on, doesn't mean I have to. That's my identity right now. Mm. You know, I I can agree with you on certain things. I am still my own person. Yeah. So that that's mostly the belief that I have right now. Uh, that 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 I also I I, I try to uh, advocate for also as as of now. Yeah. Critical so, thinking. Yeah. Critic. What What is critical thinking in your opinion? The ability to kind of like make up your own mind to see sources, like hear from multiple sources and think about it, you know, to, to actually process them and like make up your own opinion about it. I think, I think one of the thing about critical, critical, critical thinking is, uh, it's taught a lot in tertiary school where like, you know, you've got to find your like sources. Diploma? Yeah, like diploma, diploma degree. Uni, yeah. yeah. I think, I think one of the things, one of those things that people take for granted. I think it's, I think in, 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 in education itself, right? tertiary education specifically, right? One of the most important things that I, I, I believe that I, I learned is actually critical thinking. So, uh, for example, uh, I think a lot of people do, uh, like when you do like your coursework, I right? think you have to like find sources yep. and then- uh, like, Google take the top, the first three. Yeah, can I use, can I use Wikipedia? <laughs> yeah, they have yeah. that, you must find like credible sources, must be first-hand sources, that kind of thing. Like one of those things, not specifically to that point, but the idea of it where you have to make sure that your source is actually credible. And then also you have to make sure that like, you make up your own opinion about it because you don't just mm. regurgitate what people say. Yep. You process it, you process multiple sources and then you come up with your own idea about it because that then that is critical thinking. It's not really like, I don't copy paste things. Yep. I don't plagiarize. I don't uh, like, I don't find something from Wikipedia that I don't really know who who wrote it. You know, I think things like that, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a skill that, that might seem like, uh, it's just something like, professors or something like make us do for the sake of doing but yep. if you actually think about it right it's it's a it's a skill that that we really need in everyone right now in this period of time of the internet yep. like fake news things about uh like news like even statistics can be like skewed to the point where 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 there are numbers there are like hard numbers but it could be skewed to the point where they twist the truth yep. you know so 
the ability to process information and to to make up your make up your mind about it to process multiple information and then try to try to try to make up your mind about it is is something that's that's really needed in multiple multiple sources of information even though it might be challenging yeah definitely definitely so i i I think one good example of that is that uh, i think during earlier this year I can't, no, not earlier. I think I can't, I can't remember what. So I, I do follow American politics quite a bit back then. Not, not so much now because it just aggravates me. <laughs> but I, I do follow. So a, a lot of the times, uh, what I do is, uh, like, I definitely there are like f- complete left side, left side news, which is like CNN, MSNBC. The, the left in America is, uh, democratic, right? Democratic. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they, America is very weird. They just America split themselves to like red team versus blue team. <laughs> yeah. It just seems like that. The whole yeah. politics is red team versus blue team. So, but like, there's like the whole, Left side of it, left side of things where, where they they are all against Trump, they are all like, like fuck Trump this that yep, this yep. that that. Then then there is also Fox News side of things where it's like, hey, Trump's the best, yeah, you know, like fuck the Democrats. So it's too like, polarizing. Too polarizing side. So like, you no, know, if you take news from uh news from America, you can't. Get, I mean, naturally, I I I as a person, I I'm more left leaning. Yep. I'm I'm more liberal. Yep. I'm more uh, I'm not. I'm not completely to the left, but like you know, my my ideals. Center left la. Yeah, my ideals are more similar to, to what the left uh, speaks but uh, I do still go watch Fox News some of the times even though it aggravates me because like some of the things is complete nonsense <laughs> but then like to process it and then to to, to see what they, what they are saying and then like try to remove emotions from that and like see hey does it even make sense or like see the language they're using is it an opinion or is it a fact you know, that is also very important. Is it an opinion or is it a fact? Yeah. Oh, I think, okay, I think that's, okay. that's, that's a lot of, a lot of times where if you see news, like journalism, like I, I, I was speaking to someone who was doing journalism, like, like a lot of times nowadays, if you look at like an article, you gotta, you gotta decide whether it's an opinion or a fact. If it's like actual things that happen that cannot be changed or is it like someone trying to put a twist to it to yeah. say like, hey, this is how you're supposed to think. Yep. You know? Yep. Yeah. So that's something that you should consider. So, and like, hey, what are they trying to make me think? Because there is no such thing as a story that, unless they're just putting numbers there without, uh, or even numbers, or they're just putting like a picture there or like something that you cannot alter. I don't, I don't know what, what you can do, but like something there that without any opinion, right? Without any words, right? Then maybe you can say like, oh, that's a fact, you know? Mm. But, but like if it's a written article or if it's like a, a, a graph or whatever, like you have to like kind of consider, hey, where, where does this come from? And like, Hmm, does it make sense? Like, that's why, why the, are they trying to make That's one of the dangers today, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yes. like, uh, because, uh, because it's funny, because let's say even in the, 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 the news media or the, 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 the media that's in America, yeah. um, there are still businesses in the end and yeah, businesses definitely. have to make money. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I, I, I listened to a very interesting analysis of it saying that uh, news back in our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation, they give that's only one source of news yeah. and everybody will be to, 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 to tune into it and yeah. maybe they get uh, certain facts about whatever's going on. Yeah. But I think these days because of new media, yeah. because of the fact that Twitter is a more effective way of disseminating information, yes. which is equals to news, that people are getting real life life updates on certain things on Twitter yes. and not on, let's say, a mainstream TV yes. channel and that they have begun to pander to specific groups of audiences that will tune in for that amount of traction. Mm. And I think that that particular perspective is quite interesting because if, if, if you see in that sense that yes, they have to generate certain amount of traction, they have to generate certain amount of buzz yeah. to quote unquote, whatever means, then you can see why they would pander so strongly to one side, one political side. Yeah. 
and totally do like an us versus them thing because yeah. that site is generating them the 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 revenue clicks, the clicks and the revenue the clicks through uh yeah clicks and revenue yeah. yeah and it's very funny because i think someone someone i listened to said that uh 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 a journal uh a newspaper an online journal they can publish something and let's say they publish something they post it on twitter and people say oh it's wrong like factually it's wrong mm-hmm. this is wrong they could have already generated the ad revenue for that and mm. take it down. Yeah. But they still made the money already. Yeah. So it's 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 a very interesting time, as you said, because what what how 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 does one navigate such a such a shitstorm of so many different things and so many things screening for attention? Yeah. You get you get kind of hooked into, let's say you feel a certain way about a certain social cause yeah. and you get hooked into it, but you realize, hey. This is also not wrong. This is also not right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot. I think a lot of times, things get very muddy, and every, not everything's black and white. Yeah. Yeah. Like what I say, I think the very important point is that you have to remember that a lot of news sources are, are uh, businesses. They earn money through clicks. They earn money by being the first. They earn money by making the most sensationalized. Yeah. Uh, most sensationalized. The headlines uh, are so tricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, not many people click into that the, the, the article. They just see it and they get angry. <laughs> they see <you> know? it. <laughs> so I think that's that's the that's the that's the knee jerk reaction that a lot of people are doing right now. So I think what you have to remember is that it is it is a business at the end of the day, and like it's a very interesting because it, it, it's a very interesting thing because uh I've I've been talking to my friend recently about like the GE that we had in Singapore. Yes, and it it very greatly correlates to that. So one thing about that is that uh how new media or not new media but like social media no, it's like general. old media it's not yeah, really yeah, new yeah. it's so, like, like status quo media yeah. yeah it's like not say okay in a way it's still new media but social media in general have played a very big part in our recent, uh, recent can recent you elaborate on that yeah so if you look back maybe three four uh, general elections ago the only new sources were were Straits Times radio radio TV, TV. These were all mostly like kind of like state state uh, control state yeah. control. You know, in not I wouldn't say fully state controlled, but state influenced. Hmm. Yeah, I would say that like the state has a hand in it, lah. So naturally, the the source would be slightly bit biased. Yeah. So for a country like us in Singapore, having new media, having social media, having the 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 voices of people out there, and then having an alternative source for, be uh like opposition or like people of having alternate views and having people to talk about it online is something that's actually very valuable right now something that uh like let's say the racial Khan yep. issue where where uh there was I, i'm sure if that happened like maybe 10 years ago maybe 20 years ago it would be a completely different situation where mm. the only news source where you heard about this whole uh situation is through the news and it will be spun in such a way where it make you think hey maybe yeah she is in the wrong you know but then because it happened online and like there are opposing views and then you actually get to see what she actually wrote. Yes. And then like people actually get to see what, what actually happened and make up their own decision of like what, what they think about it. That's actually, I believe it's actually the, the good thing about, about the internet right now and how, how, how it allows open discourse, allows for people to see, see things and then discuss about it and then make up their own opinion about it. That, that's a good thing about it. But I think also another, another thing about it is that it could reach a point where it's like America. Where where mm. like things get too heated and then uh like like certain situations happen and then you just jump on a bandwagon and you just want to get angry and you're just looking for reasons to get angry like I can't think of an example right now but like certain certain movements like uh that 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 you you're supporting then like some some facts get come in that like 
kind of like fuels your yeah, hatred. Yeah. But then at the same time, you don't really look at the full the full length of it, and then you kind of like just take snippets of like certain situation, and you kind of want to cancel people mm. because of that. But then you know, like like for example, YouTubers or something where they when they say certain things out of context, it sounds like shit. It sounds like like you hey, can they're clip, the worst you people. You can clip certain things to 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 make it sound like someone has a very negative opinion about certain something, yeah. and that kind of triggers or that 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 kind of. Uh, fans the flame of 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 uh, a certain vitriol towards the YouTuber. But Definitely. if you actually listen to maybe the entire thing in context, yeah. but it's, I mean, it's a different story. That's the thing. I think when you're angry or you want to be angry, you mm. don't really take the time to do that. You know, you just want to be angry and you just want to burn someone at a stick. Yep. That's the dangers of it also. Yeah. So I think on one, on one hand, it does give people an alternate alternate uh, point of view and does give, give people uh, a, a platform for discourse. But at the same time also, it kind of, it like if it sways too far to one end or the other, it reaches a point where it's just a lot of like uh, confirmation bias, law of uh, there's echo chamber. It's 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 back to what we we're talking about. It's just you trying to trying to like patting your like people on the back saying yeah yeah go ahead man yeah, let's just get, yeah circle joke yeah it's a circle joke I don't know how to say it but yeah it's a circle joke. <laughs> yeah, sure you must keep your, your well image right? yeah, I mean not really lah but like uh, yeah that's, that's mostly it's just a circle joke it's just people trying to like make each other feel good about how they're feeling you're like mm. hey you're right to feel that way you're yep. right to feel that way you know so sometimes taking a step out of it also might not be too bad but yeah that's 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 how it is right now it's, just keeping a mind of your own. Did you grow up in a time without the internet? Yeah, I did. Uh, I'm 29 this year. So oh. yeah, so I'm 29 this year. I I grew. I think. How are you? I think I'm 29. You think, think you're 29? I don't really remember. Later, I'll check my IC. I'll tell That's you. That's an yeah. interesting thing not to remember. I, mean, <laughs> I always actually, I always have this theory that once you're past like 20, you just don't care anymore. I mean, until you're 30. Not really. really. I mean, I I I oftentimes forget what age I'm because I I don't. Really care, that's yeah. True. I mean, I'll wake up the next day. Okay, I'm alive. Then go yeah, on. that's a that's a good yeah. way to think about things. Like, as long as you're alive, that's, yeah, that's all fine. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's it. So you you grow up a time uh, without the internet. What what I realized when I went to, that that I don't know that we we kind of sort of remember a time where 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 things aren't aren't as uh, fast paced. Yeah, I, I do remember. Definitely. Uh, we 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 kind of stay in the same area. We we, yeah. we realized that. I, I remember a part of of Tampines back yeah. then that was a lot slower. Or maybe life in general was a lot slower. Yeah. It could be nostalgia, definitely. Yeah. Rose tinted and whatever, all that bullshit. But generally speaking, I think the the life back then was a lot slower. Definitely. But these days, as you said, things change so fast. So How the pretty. way technology, the way we consume technology, the way we con- consume content even yeah. changes on, on a, maybe a, a quarter to quarter, maybe a year to year basis. A weekly thing maybe. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to know what... Uh, what sort? What are pillars of philosophy do you do you subscribe to? Oh, wow. if, if any, yeah, because <laughs> how, of philosophy. how how does one? Uh, how do you personally uh, stay true to yourself, like in whatever sense of the word? Yeah, I have no idea how to answer that. But what do you mean by pillars of uh, like philosophy, though? In what, what sense? Is 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 there a certain? Uh, I don't know the terms to it, but you, you don't have to know the terms yeah. to it. It's just what. What do you employ uh, within yourself when you, when you think about these things? You you try not to be so emotional. You always pull yourself back. What what are the certain habits that you have? Interesting. Hmm. I guess I just try to 
be my I, I don't know like it's very cliche but I just try to be myself I like, mm. just try try not to I think the main thing you have to understand is yourself first and, and to understand like what do you really believe in like what like what what kind of like I think from I think it's a ever going exp- uh, part of the human experience to actually understand yourself first before understanding anything else like understanding your morals understanding mm. what and, and then sticking to it like 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 I think I think a lot of times uh, it's just it's just I think it's just really believing in what your what 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 you believe. I don't know, I honestly don't know. It's such a deep question. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess I guess uh, over time, it's just building that part of yourself that 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 believes in certain like like certain morals and then sticking to it and then at the same time just keeping an open mind to see like allow yourself to to hear things out and then. Um, one of the things that I do when when people try to convince me is that I I I I question it. Mm. You know, like one I think one of the things that I believe in is is I question everything. So uh, if there's a new belief that come in, I don't reject it. I question it, and if I it can reach a point where I can question it, and then it reach a point where like it answers all my questions uh, in a fulfilling way, then maybe maybe I can consider it. You know, that's one of the things that I I, I do. Uh, it's that like like. In a way, that kind of also builds my 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 internal like morals and stuff. Yeah. Also, because I'm not set in stone, so I I won't be like you know people like in the fifties or sixties where they have a certain set of morals where like they can't change with the times. But mm. at the same time, also it's not loose yep, to the yep. point where where I just follow whatever it is. Like just question everything, just be inquisitive. Don't don't be afraid to like, hey, is this even right? Why is it right? Why is it wrong? Why is a very sh- important question? Yeah, to yeah. Ask. Being able yeah. to question it, not even question things on the external, but question things internally. Like, why, why do I feel this way? Like, why? I think being able to to ask questions or like to to be inquisitive about things is is something that's very important right now. Will one of your m- morals mean that you don't torrent stuff? Or do you torrent? Stuff? Do to- don't torrent stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't torrent stuff. I don't okay. torrent stuff. <laughs> so I, I think the very interesting thing about morality is. Uh, are you religious in any sense of the word? I'm not religious, but I would say I'm. Okay, I also wouldn't say I'm spiritual, but I I, I be, I'm agnostic in a sense. Sure. I do believe that there is a higher power. Sure. I do believe that. Uh, I do believe in like fate. I do believe in yep. uh, things happening for a reason, but I don't believe in a specific religion, and I don't disbelieve in any religion also. So it sounds like very flip floppy. I'm not here, not there. It's, that's basically my 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 character trait. I'm not here, not there. You're open to your your. As you said before, you're, you're open to the ideas. I'm open to the ideas, yeah. and but I don't strongly subscribe to one certain religion because I mean certain things like for religion itself, right? I do believe that uh, this is my belief. Yeah, uh, is that I don't believe in any specific uh, like way of like high, a certain certain higher being, be it like God, be yep. it or like whatever it is. But I do believe that uh, morals and like humans are built with morals, like within themselves for a very uh, for for a reason like the reason why we don't kill we don't steal we don't uh, like we feel or even if we do we feel bad about it and then uh, it's not something that comes natural to us it's because like it, it's there for a reason and and as long as we follow that 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 set of morals and then we don't we don't do things like that that kind of betray those morals uh, within society or within yourself then i think yeah i i guess that's a good way to live uh, if if, if if there's something past our life or not, I mean, who knows, right? But I guess if 
if you're 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 following your morals and you're doing the right things or the things that you believe are right along the way, then there's that you shouldn't you shouldn't leave this earth with regret. What uh, what think. what do you believe the afterlife will be like? Is that party? <sighs> if 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 I don't know. No right or wrong answer for this. I mean, what yeah, do you I, obviously that hmm interesting question. You want it to be like a buffet? You want it to be like a beach? I think it's something way past anything of our understanding. Like it, I think it, it would just be. be energy, you know. Like I mean, yeah, obviously, obviously it is. But but I think it's it's something that like uh, you just become a bunch of like feeling and emotions, and it's not anything physical anymore. Mm. It's just like energy. That's what I believe in. Uh. Yeah. So I I haven't really thought about where we go or what what it would be like. But I, I do believe that yeah, it's just energy like just passed down going somewhere I guess I don't know Very interesting. I haven't thought about it much hmm I want to, I want to touch on the topic of film again nice. so shifting the shift, shift, shifting the back entire conversation like back reality. to film um, <laughs> has has your definition of what a film is changed while being in your profession and over the years in what sense like because <laughs> what I as I said with uh, YouTube mm-hmm. with people creating because to, to me, a film always... <laughs> I'm not a film buff. I rarely watch films, mm-hmm. if ever. Um, but when I think of a film, it always has to be of a certain length mm. uh, to a certain degree. You can talk about uh, narrative structures and all that, but to me, it was, always has to be of a certain length. And yeah. it always has to be, let's say, of a certain production. Uh, it has to be... It has to have a... Uh, it has to say something in every mm. sense of the word. Yeah. So what, what I mean when I ask you your definition is that because... Uh, YouTube is a great platform in a sense that yeah. it has inspired a lot of people to take this initiative bank to their own hands. Yeah. They may be just be a single guy doing a, an entire quote-unquote film or a video analysis and yeah. the production quality is stellar. I watched a recent one called the... Eh, what is it called? I think something along the lines of the madness of Kanye West. So it is a, it is a one and a half hour Shit. Uh, sort of documentary about the discography of Kanye West, uh, what he has done. So it, it went through from his beginnings all the way, all his different albums, his the highs and the lows, his, his foray into fashion. And yeah, it, it's a very strong, I feel that, there are a lot of these around. And it's like it's a, a, very a long video essay. It's a long video essay. And, and I think it's a very strong argument because I feel that it challenges the notion of what film is because yeah. the film is, as I said, uh, way back when, it used to be only showing in cinemas. Yeah. It used to be only showing uh, t- even on the TV. Even yeah. when, when it started to, to air on TV yeah. and you can you can get it on demand and like yeah. video tapes and everything. So I just want to know if your opinion of film mm-hmm. has changed over the years. I think film, like the term film perhaps is, is on a very... Uh, What's the term? It's a, on a very literal term. Film is film. It's 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 something that goes on a reel and stuff. So I think I think for that to happen, there's the business side of things where it has to make sense and it has to be marketable. Mm. But I think I think what you're talking about is more of content. Where mm. what is valuable content? What yep. is what is worth consuming and what is uh, like a TV show could be great content. A TV show could be better than a movie. Yep. You know, uh, a, a YouTube content could easily be better than a lot of the movies I've watched. Yeah. Yeah. inspired man it's true though it's true though not all movies out there are great mine all great <laughs> so so what so what you're saying is not all movies are created equal not all movies are created universal. equal at all you know like yeah maybe more equal universal is more equal than the rest but <laughs> yeah but 
But what, what, what I'm saying is that like definitely I think for I think what you're asking is what do I what do I see as what do I qualify as uh good content? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's something that uh something that invokes a certain emotion. Mm-hmm. That means like whether is it fear, is it uh like laughter, is it like no happiness, I don't know. Like it as it invokes a certain emotion or it invokes a certain thought. You know, it, it gets you thinking. So I think I think if 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 I mean like you could watch a comedy, a good great comedy, dumb as shit, but uh something that leaves you laughing but but when the credits roll you don't really think about it at all. I think it still does its job. It's still a great film. It's still a great set piece of content because it it, it did its job. It's it's set out to make you laugh. You laughed. And yeah. It it did its job well. Mm-hmm. I, I still I still value that as as a certain certain like level of uh content creation also. But then at the same time there are also those there's those that kinda leave you like well, one week after that, you kind of like thinking like, oh, what's my life? Or like, oh, um, what is society? That kind of, yeah, like, yeah. like, like those, those are also, those, those, those have a completely different value. I'm not, I'm not saying that one is better than the, than the other. It's just, it's art. It's, yeah. it's what, what the, this, the, the director, what the screenwriter, what, what, what the people behind the scenes want to make it out to be. And if they succeed in that, then I guess, I guess that's a great, great piece of content. What, you know, what sort of content have you been consuming lately? Oh, uh, recently. Uh, yeah. So I've been actually gaming quite a bit. Okay, you yeah. mentioned The Last of Us, right? Yeah, The Last of Us. So could, could, could you just explain what uh, The Last of Us is? Mm-hmm. And let's say, that a, the second part to that question is, yeah. after playing through the first game and uh, being privy to the spoilers, yeah. did you see it? Did, did you, did you uh, go and look at it? And no. after playing through the, the second part, yeah. what are your thoughts? Yeah. So what is the Last of Us? Okay, so Last of Us is uh is is this game set in the post apocalyptic world so in next the year US? Uh, yeah, or, or now you know, like <laughs> yeah. depends on what you define as the apocalypse. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like honestly, if you look at it like last year, and then you talk about things now, yeah, we have to wear masks. Yeah, we are, we are living in a post apocalyptic world. Yeah. So I mean, definitions like, but uh, the the it's about a post apocalyptic zombie world where like something like like the zombies are like kind of like uh. Created by spores, mm. so so they 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 get infected and then uh people kind of lose their mind. So uh, they like it, it's it's based off uh this parasitic uh the cordyceps cordyceps yeah. yeah correct. So I think I think that's what it's based off. So I think it's it's more it it that's the premise of it. But I think the the core of the story is not really so much about the zombies. That's actually just a setting. Uh, the first game itself is actually based off uh this this smuggler that kind of built a relationship with this girl that. Uh, is immune to the immune to the virus and then uh kind of bringing her on this journey and then building the relationship a father daughter or uh, a uh, foster father daughter yep, kind of yep. relationship along the way uh through their trials and tribulations on the road to was to that what appealed to you no actually what, what, I, what part what, what what part of the narrative appeal so the to first you? game actually is just great writing i think it's just great writing so I, actually I, I didn't really know much about game i just heard like for the very first game that was like eight years ago yo very long yeah, ago, very long yeah. ago. Eight, Nine years PS3, ago. I think. PS3, but yeah. I played on PS4. Yeah. The, the remake version. I didn't have a PS3, sadly. But, <laughs> Nobody uh, has a PS3. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that bulky, bulky piece of yeah, shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, 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 I played it because I just heard a lot of great things about it. I'm like, oh, sure, no, this game, zombie game, like zombie so passe. Yeah, yeah, Everything yeah. is the last of us. Yeah. Everything is a zombie that I just played. That. Fuck, such a great game. Like, I remember by the end of it, uh, it's one of those, one of those pieces of media where I, where I, when I played it, I, when I ended the, when the credits rolled, I just stared in the screen with my jaw open yeah have you played it i i so the to, to answer the question yeah. i i don't have time to to it's, it's very funny because i would 
be more willing to watch a two-hour video essay about The Last of Us than to actually play it. Uh, but it's a very different experience. I understand. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I, I would highly recommend playing but because, it. Because though. playing it, uh, I think I do multitask quite a bit. So, so playing it, yeah, I have to be yeah, actively be engaged. Yeah. And then, yeah, so I actually have the, the PS4. I have the game. So yeah. I think I played it like 10%. So I, 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 I watch a couple of video analysis and I, I walk, watch a couple of playthroughs of the entire game even before I got the game. So uh, I think when I actually sat down to play, I was like... I kind of seen it already, right? Yeah. To a certain degree, maybe when I'm 60, when I'm not going to do it, I might play it. Yeah. But I think now the, it, it fulfilled the, 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 the satisfaction of me knowing what was the intent of it, and the what's story. the analysis or different analysis of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is very fulfilling to me already. True. Yeah. And I, I do that for I, movies and I do that for a lot of things as well. well. So that means you don't watch the movies but you just see the analysis of the movies? <laughs> oh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's, that's weird. <laughs> you know, yeah. Because I think, I think the important thing, okay, so specifically for Last of Us, right? Or gaming in general. Yeah. When you play it, right? You're, you're in the experience and you're, there's, it's, I think it's very interesting because I like, I like to play, I like to game but I, I specifically like to play first person story uh, story-based gaming mm. so it's a it's a lot about the storytelling and you being part of the story because you're actually controlling the characters and you're like some of the actions that the character do you have to make the character character do the action so yes. there's a different level of immersion beyond like a film or beyond a tv show or a book yeah a book like i mean for some games there are like you can make decisions for the characters but i mean last of us not so much but having the the like you being part of the situation and you you there's a different level of immersion where you actually feel like you're the character. Mm. Yeah. So I think, and, and I, I guess that's how the, the experience is crafted out to be. It is one of the, 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 the pros of this particular medium. Which yeah. Is yeah definitely. That, that people and, and publishers and studios are kind of realizing now. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think last of us, the very first one was that, because I think during that, that era, uh, a lot of the, the the gaming community were saying like, oh, first-person gaming is kind of like dying off already. Multiplayer gaming, online multiplayer gaming is like the next big thing. It was thing. the rise of like, uh, I think MOBAs. I think it yeah. was the rise of, uh, I don't know if PUBG was around. I think it could be the rise Not of PUBG. PUBG. I don't believe PUBG was eight years ago. I think it was more of, uh, I can't remember what kind of online gaming, but I think like I mean, CSGO Halo. Was there, yeah, Halo or something. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I don't know, but those kind of games are like on the rise. And like, and those kind of games are the more lucrative ones because you can do like uh, online purchases. Yep. And then there's also like, like you, you, when you play a first-person game, you play for like maybe 16 hours, then you, then you don't ever play the game. Then you sell back the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then if you play like an online game, you get your, your online playtime could be like a thousand hours. Yes. So I think that's one of the reasons why people say also like, oh, uh, online gaming like is more lucrative business-wise. Yep. But then that was the, Last of Us was the game that kind of flipped that, flipped that, uh, that, that, that rhetoric around uh, yeah. like where people starting, hey, wait, single player games are actually still, still like, still relevant. Are still relevant. Yeah. And like yeah. you, if you actually have a proper story and actually, actually have a goal to do, then uh yeah it, it's it's definitely something that that you can still earn money from yep. so on a business sense it still makes sense uh. so that game that game was amazing like like it's one of those rare mediums like rare like compared to any other medium right it's one of, one of those things where where after the credits roll right i, I sat there in silence just thinking about whatever just what i i just experienced so it's very rare for that to happen like when and, and when that happens it's a very magical feeling so sometimes you watch a movie i can't really think of one right now but uh like maybe Inception or something or like mm. uh, 1917 you know 1917 a recent film that yep. came out like one of those films that came up then when the credit roll you just sit there in awe you're just like oh what you know like what just happened or like you're just trying to process what just happened in a good way yep. you know so I, I I yearn for those kind of experiences and I think gaming gives me that experience a lot more than than than, than any other medium recently also because I, I don't really uh, consume that much TV and, and movies yep. as, as of late lah I, I weirdly, even though I'm in the industry, but I should be. But gaming, <laughs> gaming has that level of immersion that that 
I I enjoy. I really, I really enjoy. So when so another another game that I I, I really got sucked into is like Red Dead Two. Hmm, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah Red Dead Two, amazing game, amazing amazing game. Like like I couldn't I couldn't stop playing it. Like like it, it, the level of immersion for the game was to the point where I did things that had no um, value in the game itself. Like for example, like one of my my, my the main character Arthur Morgan he yeah. he went through like some audio. Like there's so after that whole audio he got kidnapped and everything then he that he got out of it then I rode the rode my horse to a middle of a lavender field and then I just sat there set up camp and then drink coffee no perks at all no nothing I just felt like he needed a break <laughs> <laughs> like it's one of those games that like I had to do this because I felt like hey he needed a break lah <laughs> that's like, so interesting yeah it's like so you know a game that, that like I it's that level of emotion where yeah. like, I I could get to that level so back to Last of Us. Two, way bigger, way bigger story, way more ambitious story. I wouldn't say. I I would say a lot of people are are not wrong to say that this game is not as tight as the first game. Like it's definitely a lot more ambitious than the the first game. So the first game is is quite straightforward. It's like a father daughter thing. It's very linear. Born. It's very linear. It does have some good twist. Uh, writing great writing, but uh pretty basic story to 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 really like if you want to talk about it but this game is a lot more ambitious there are a lot more twists and turns and and uh greater themes of like uh for people who have not played i don't want to say too much but uh like spoiler alert yeah, spoiler alert <laughs> uh no like it's it's a lot about hatred it's a lot about like revenge it's a lot about like uh like the complexities of it and like what is right what is wrong who is right what is mm. wrong i think the 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 grayness of morality in a post-apocalyptic world is really really dwells into in this game and i think it's it's great I, like, it might not be perfect it might i i, I would i wouldn't say it's a perfect game but i would say it's it's a very uh well thought out uh piece of medium yeah so at the end of it i also had like the same moment where i like oh silence you know how did you feel about the ending I thought it was great. I think I mean like it was definitely a controversial ending. Yeah. Definitely a controversial. You know about it? Yes. You know about it? Yeah, it's definitely a controversial yeah. ending. I thought it was the right ending though. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I do agree with some points about like how gameplay-wise you make certain actions, but then like in the ending of it, you don't uh, like your character kind of pulls back, even though gameplay. I mean, that's that's I think that's uh weighing I, I you have to make the game fun somehow the gameplay wise but story wise I, like it's still a great story like, i still so, think it's so a great it, story it, like. it left an impression on you like, the, the yeah, story definitely. for last of us too definitely definitely because yeah. it's more ambitious it's it's not only ambitious but i think it's well written i think it was well written and i think uh it it's a lot more uh like like it, it dwells it, it's very bold it's very very bold. bold it's very bold and and bold not just for the sake of being bold but bold with uh with a purpose um, yeah. So they're not edgy, la. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not edgy for edgy sake, you know. Mm. Like they don't just say like "fuck you." you know? yeah, like, yeah, they're yeah. just trying to be cool, the cool kid in town. They actually have a purpose for their story, and and I I respect them for it. I respect them for making the choices they do. Like I don't think any other companies with a strong uh intellectual property like that, right, would be daring enough to make the choices that yep. they made. Yeah. So we for them to make those choices and for them to actually make the story go on. In a in a way that makes sense for all characters, right? I think I think it's very respectable. It's very it's a very respectable uh, piece of work. Yeah. Do, do you share the opinion that some of the criticism, let's say for the Last of Us Two, yeah, um, it was a needless and pointless sequel? Like we, I wouldn't we think are so. in a, we're, we're, we're in a society today where uh, businesses need to make money. Yeah, okay, we can reflect this on the film industry. We can reflect this in, even in the gaming industry. Definitely. Let's say for the Last of Us Two, I think there was a lot of talk saying that hey, the Last of Us One, the ending was 
fine. It was mm. perfect. It was uh, open and shut case. Yeah. But hey, when they announced Last of Us 2, why are we revis- revisiting uh, yeah. the, the same characters again? Why are we t- t- telling the, the the story in this particular world again? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I think I, I get where people are coming from. They love the first game so much to the point where like, hey, we don't really need, sorry, we don't really need like a second game. Mm. Yeah. So like, uh, I, I don't feel that way because I think if the story is great and like if 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 there is actual like there's actual like it feels like it has a purpose uh, it, it feels like it has a thing to say it's not just rehashing the same old things again it's completely new and then uh like what like what I say it's bold it's, it it does it makes it makes uh bold choices in the story that actually kind of ve- like makes the first game has more uh better like it kind of enriches the first game experience mm, also wow. you know in a way okay yeah so so. I, I would I wouldn't say it's not necessary. If I would only say it's not it's not necessary if the game is basically uh the first game but then like slightly better graphics. You know, like uh, like Assassin's Creed maybe, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, something <laughs> you like have that. to do some soul searching. Yeah, like, Creed. Like, all those things where, like you just you just like not like you just a cash grab or like FIFA, FIFA eighteen and FIFA nineteen, or like FIFA twenty. What is the same game? FIFA? I have a friend who, who plays it sort of competitively. I, I never understood that. I mean, it's football. La, so football is like, but you know, you how, like football, how, many, football. how many times can it change from 18 to 19 I to I guess 20? like you can see like more sweat. <laughs> you can see like better hair. But I think I think uh, one, one good example of like uh, people saying that, oh, it's a needless uh, sequel, but then it's not, right? It's Toy Story. So I love the mm. Toy Story sequel. But then, you know, Toy Story 3, great ending. Yeah. Perfect ending. When Toy Story 4, before it even came out, people were saying like, ah, this is a cash grab. This is not a good film. I cried during the fourth film, you know. <laughs> it's such a good film. I, I know someone who has very different opinions. Really? She, she refuses to acknowledge that the fourth film exists. In fact, her entire really? family refuses to acknowledge it. Are you serious? It. So, so wh- why, why does it appeal to you? I think, it, yeah, I think, okay, so it's a very different take also. It's, yes. I, I, I don't think it's not necessary. I think, I, I think it's a very different because you have to understand that Toy Story started in 1990. One, oh, right? No, nine, nine, nine. Your age, la. <laughs> it, it basically, I grew up with it, yeah. So, so I, I followed my life stage along yeah. the way. So, I think the first, the first one was like straight up a, a, a fish out of water story, Buzz like you know. But then, like as it progresses on, when I reach the third stage, it's like about growing up. Yep. Then I think the fourth stage is about leaving, or like you know, like accepting that you might have to leave someday, mm. you know, like or like you know, things have to end, you know. Like I think it's it has very uh strong, like pointers about it like strong uh strong themes to it that kind of relates to people who grew up with the film itself mm. so i think i think i think it's not unnecessary i think definitely if you end on the third one i wouldn't be complaining but the fourth one i wouldn't say is the best film but i would still say it's a worthy sequel okay that expanded on the universe it 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 it, it expanded on things within the universe that we don't know about like what do what happens when toys just Go away. Like, go nobody away. Nobody like, plays with it anymore. Yeah, no, nobody plays with them anymore. Or like, like because they almost did that on the third film, but then they didn't do it because mm. they got handed over to a kid. But then what if toys get lost? What happened to them? You know, like, things like that. Like, like where do toys go? Does, does it paint a fuller picture of what perhaps that world might be like to, yeah, to, yeah, to, to live in? Definitely, definitely. I think as long as it adds on to the world or it adds on to the story and it you still have something to say about it, it's not just a rehashing of what has, but has been done before. I think, Definitely, it's a worthy sequel, but I mean, it's a very, it's a very subjective. It's, term. Quite, it's quite a polarizing film. I don't think, I don't think so. A lot of people loved it. Okay, a lot of people loved it, but I think a lot of people 
like the same thing if you I think that's the thing if you have a great film that come that came out right when you're gonna do a sequel about it a lot of people will be like uh, why yes like you know the fear of like hey don't ruin my childhood or and then it's ruin. Disney I mean yeah it's, I know. it's, it's a huge corporation that inevitably yeah. people think it's a cash grab because it's a uh, it's nostalgia bait yeah. yeah I mean but also also to be fair to those people uh, Disney has been doing a lot of things like that I mean like like the whole yeah we can uh, talk about the remix yeah the remix the remix it feels so soulless you know that mm. kind of thing so I don't know whether I can actually say this or what. <laughs> but it's not universal. I mean, I'm from a, from a consumer point yeah, of view, from a consumer, from a consumer yeah. point of view, I, I mean, before I even joined Universal, I thought it was, oh, like, what's the point? No, that like, one of the things that I really don't like is like the, the phasing out of 2D animation. Mm. Yeah, like I, I do think 2D animation has a certain charm to it that, that 3D animation can't can get like that, 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 that magic within it. So I, I think, I think that phasing out of it and then trying to replace the memory of a 2D animation with, CGI mm. or like live, live action, action CG yeah. CGI it's so weird it's such a weird thing and like why there's no real purpose to it other than to I don't know it's just, it's just weird to me I, I, I think it's just there's no real purpose to it other than to like just try to sell more tickets to earn money again to make the, the brand relevant again I don't know I have, I have a theory okay there, there, are, there are a couple of theories I think one of them it's the IP thing that you oh, have yeah. to refresh it if not it will go into public space oh, that's true I think second theory is that have have you spoken to anybody, let's say, uh, of let's say two generations below that are growing up right now? Yeah, yeah. So I think one of the theories circulating the internet or people thought of is that it it is for that generation. It's it not is for definitely for that our generation. generation who kind of grew up with the, yeah. the animation because I would imagine before the animation it was live action. Mm. Yeah, was it? So it was live. It was either live action. Or it was told to books or stories. Oh. And I think there was adaptation. Disney's adaptation isn't even the, the oh, actual true, text. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. And Most then, of it's adaptation. And then yeah. this new live action, it's for this generation. two generations now. Yeah, but I think the 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 live action mixed with CGI is just seems so weird. Yeah, the Will Smith as the genie. Yeah, yeah I know. And, and, and then the whole uh, Lion King, that weird, like, lifelike, yep. but then not lifelike kind of kind of. Did, did you see the one where a YouTuber did, like, the eyes on top of it? The actual animation Yeah, it looks so much better. Gorgeous. Yeah, it looks so much better. Like, like I know, it just removes the soul of it. I, I mean, if it's done well, I wouldn't be complaining about it. Like, I, I wouldn't be complaining about it, but then, like, it just looks so weird. Just, so, uh, let's say, taking the remix or the Disney, the, the Disney remix yeah. like, as a whole, whatever that has, has shown right now, yeah. What what would you say your your main gripes with it is like, like it, it doesn't complement the existing media or it differs too much or it's trying to just I feel like it misses in. it misses the point of the, the the charm of the original films like like I think they like it feels like something that came out of a came out of a boardroom rather than from a mm. bunch of creators you know like it's like the boardroom like hey what do, what do kids like they like the music they like uh, animals they like I know life like like we all we have like a lot of budget just throw money into it then you know, like like just test out this this technology right now yep. you know it, it feels like that rather than like something that comes out from a genuine place like hey let's tell this story from like a different perspective or yep. let's tell this story for the kids uh let's let's do a remake of this but then like with a interesting twist yep. you know, i'm sure there are like i can't think of an example but i'm sure that there are like remakes of like certain certain films of the past like i'm not saying that nostalgia bit is a bad thing mm. definitely like like if you're trying to do something that's 20 years ago, 30 years ago, there is a right way to do it. Like for example, the It franchise, the the horror It mm. franchise, it's done in the right way. It's it's not the exact same story. It's similar, but then uh yeah, it's done tastefully. It they, they get the they get essence of it down. What's the so I've, I I I said I know about it. Yeah. I watched analysis of it, but what what is it? How 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 is the new one different from the old one? Okay, personally, I also haven't watched it, but I heard a lot of good reviews about okay. it. But okay, so uh, something that I watched maybe um. Hmm. What's a good remake? Oh, let me think. Can't think of one right now. 
a good remake. Good remake. Uh, or a spiritual Blade Runner? remake. Blade Runner. Blade but it's a sequel, right? It's it's kind of a spiritual sequel. Also. Okay. Or no, uh, what's that? Mad Max. Okay. Mad Max, yeah. Same themes, different actors, everything, but uh, done well. Talking about Fury Road, right? Fury Road, yeah. Like, like it's completely different from, like, thematically and like the way they tell the story is completely different from how it was originally, but, but like, action-wise, the way they directed it, the mm. way, the theming, it's more or less a good homage to the original, but at the same time, it's something by itself, you know? So I think, I think that's a good, like, kind of remake, in a sense. Yeah. Mad Max is a good example. I, I do, I think Disney, with regards to the remakes, I think they're releasing the a new Cruella de Vil. Oh, yes, I think that yes, has yes. Emma Stone in it. Yeah, and Stone. I think it's supposed to be like the, the a twist on the 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. So I think that could potentially be interesting because it is telling from a different perspective. Yeah. It's not just like the animation is about the dogs and everything, but yeah. it's telling from the perspective of Cruella. Yeah. I heard Maleficent was actually not bad. The yes, one the, the 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 two movies, yeah. Yeah, I heard it's actually not bad because it's it's the perspective of the Queen. Maleficent the Queen. Yeah. Uh, and in, not in, the Snow White. Yeah, not Snow, Snow White. White. Cinderella. <laughs> I don't know Cinderella is uh, <laughs> Snow White? Snow White no. Apple. <laughs> Cinderella. Cinderella, Wait, right? No, not Cinderella. Cinderella Sleeping is Beauty. the Sleepy. Maleficent. I think it's Snow White. Okay. I think it's Snow White. Okay. I think it's Snow White. Yeah. C- Cinderella is the 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 stepmother. Mm. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly the only Disney shows that I watched last time was Mulan. Uh. Oh, yeah, Mulan. The show is good. Oh, we have yet to see yet, yet to see how Mulan is gonna be like. It's not, it's, you don't, you're not gonna see it. There's I, no I music, never, you know. There's no there's no musical. I heard that there. they removed the music. I heard that they removed a Wushu as well. The the dragon. Oh yeah, Mushu. No Mushu. Dra- yeah, yeah, Mushu, sorry. Yeah. yeah, there's no dragon. I don't even know there's a cricket, but then again, it's uh I don't know if, I, I think the word is more accurate. Uh, yeah, but I'm definitely not interested in it. Yeah, I th- I think one of the reasons is because uh it's a trying to appeal to the China market also. Yes. Yeah, so I think for the Chinese market, a lot I think one of the rules they have is they can't have uh supernatural things in it. Mm. And a lot of the original movie is yeah. there's a lot of supernatural things happening, right? You can't have ghosts, you can't have like Spirits mythical talking, stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a rule that they have in China right now. So I think that's the reason why they removed it. Musical part of it, I think probably is because a lot of the music uh this is in English. Yeah, so I think I think they want to appeal to yep. that, that, that's why the main character is like from China, you know. So I I think that's a lot of things. I think that's one of the things in the movie industry also that that's a big shift within the past 10, 20 years. It's mm. that a lot of it is to pander to the Asian and Chinese, mostly the Chinese market. Mm. Yeah. So that's, because they have a larger market share, they correct. spend they, they want their movies to get into uh the theaters over there so that people can watch and then definitely, get money definitely. from there. I, like I think there's a big shift in last time a lot like a lot of the films back in the day were most of the earnings were domestic film. Then I think over time when globalization became more of a thing, uh the the emphasis on uh like global box office became way bigger than 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 yeah. uh than their domestic box office back in the US. So so I think the emphasis shifted a lot more into that. Like for example, back then they could do westerns, a lot more westerns, mm. like Things very American centric, like yep. uh, mafia movies and yep, stuff, yep. like very American centric, and it could do well. Godfather, uh, Taxi like, Driver, Taxi Driver, real American stories, uh, things that that happen in America, things that American people can relate to, but it wouldn't work overseas. Like like westerns would never work in our region. You know, like no matter how good it is, westerns, I I do enjoy westerns, but like it would never work in our region because it's not something that our culture resonates with. Yeah, so that's that's the business side of of uh, the movie industry that where the global side of things the asian side of things have, beca- have become such a important uh, factor that yep. that a lot of the movies have shifted towards money that. talks definitely definitely yeah. and and also a lot of things is that a lot of times is that uh 
the emphasis in filmmaking has become less of storytelling mm, and yes. more of uh, spectacle. Become becoming just like because if there's nuance to your story, there's nuance to your writing, it takes explanation and translation for it to get through. And it's very tough for it to go through. But if there's explosions, you don't really have to translate, translate explosions, you know? <laughs> you get what I mean? That is very true. There is, expo, there's no subtitle. Yeah, exactly. So like, it's just explosion, you know? Explosions, big guns, you yeah. know? Things like that. Like, why like why do you think Transformers has so many so, so many so many sequels? You know, it's, it's called spectacle. Spectacle is a very big thing in, in, in the industry right now. And it's a very big thing that it's very important, you know, it's very easy to translate. You know, so like there's a lot of films that you think like, hey, it's a shit film, like, but why is it doing so well? You know, yeah. like, why is it still out? Yep. You know, because it's not it's not it's not really for the English speaking market, it's just for the global market. And not everyone is English speaking, you gotta understand it. Yeah. So bridging off from that, I think there's there's been a lot of talk uh, recently and in recent years with regards to what you just said. Yeah. Like uh, wanting to enter into, let's say, the China market, uh, deliberately, I think, editing, deliberately maybe uh, shifting around the, the, the contents of, of the, mm. the, the, the actual content. Like, I think the, the spiritual thing about not depicting, I think, skeletons even in games, yeah. they would remove it. Really? Did they? Skeletons? I think um, it was, is it Warcraft? Something like kind that. Kind of skeletons in Warcraft. Yeah, because it depicts death. Huh. Yeah, I don't and know. What about the necromancers? What do they revive? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I I guess the point is that there is this soft uh a shitty word, but censorship in yeah, that sense. Yeah, so yeah. and you say overly focusing on the fluff. When I think of spectacle, I think of fluff. Yeah, I, think it is. I don't think of it, it in, in any sense of substance of the word. Yeah. So do you think that let's say because ultimately Corporate corporations gonna corporate. They gotta make money. They have to yeah, make money. Yeah. They have a ball line to adhere to. Yeah. So, what do you think would be the saving grace then? Mm-hmm. Because if if let's say Disney wants the film to uh, be in let's say China, he has to adhere to certain things. Yeah. And let's say he has to make money in that yeah, sense. Yeah. What do you think would be lost? Yeah, I in think in general. I think in general, uh, for movies, I think it's it's a thing that. It's unavoidable. Okay. It's gonna it's gonna happen. Uh. It's it's gonna happen where the emphasis is still gonna be that way unless there's like the US China tension rises and they start banning each other even more. <laughs> but, I mean, who knows? Uh, who, who knows, knows about uh, that? But I think the way things go, it's always. I mean, in the movie industry, it's always a battle between the 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 suits, the business side of things, and then the artistic people. Mm. It's always been a battle between that. It's it's whether to do to do things with artistic integrity mm. or to do things to earn money. Mm-hmm. And it's always the, the 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 middle ground where 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 the film gets made. But then that middle ground has always been shifting more and more to the business side of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I think I think it's it's I I don't really know how to solve this thing. I think as 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 far as I know, things are just gonna shift more and more to the business side of things. And I mean, like because of the regional regional things. But then, uh, yeah, I just I, I just guess maybe just hoping that the industry itself has its own integrity to kind of like once in a while still come out with great films. I, I, I mean, they still are, but I, I just hope that it doesn't reach a point where it's just all fluff. La. Do you think that uh, the rise of independent uh, content creators, like like what I just said about the, the documentaries that's on, on platforms such as YouTube or even Netflix, yeah. do you think that will counter, kind of counterbalance the, 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 the public's need for, I guess, Less spectacle, more substance. In that yeah, sense. I do think so. Yeah, that's a, that's actually a good point because I think that allows for more alternative. Uh, like it's it. I think the main studios and like main 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 corporation. I think they do have a very set way of doing things. Really. Mm. and then their their audience is a certain way. But then 
there's definitely a niche crowd that like people like us who still crave for good content. Mm. And then like if that, I mean, it's it's the the nature of the free market where if the larger corporations pander more and more to one side, there's definitely a vacuum left. Yep. So uh, content creators of like small and big would, I mean, even the Cohen brothers have been on Netflix already. Cohen brothers, what's that? Cohen brothers, the 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 the, the, the director brothers, Cohen brothers. What what have they made? They directed uh True Grit, or uh, I can't remember what else they directed, but they the pretty big like okay. pretty directors. I can't remember what else. Oh, I, that's why I'm saying no, I, I, that's why I say I'm not on the, uh, not not a film buff because mm. I I lose my train of thought of like names and like movies very quickly. But I think big directors are also on 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 Netflix itself already. Yeah. Do you? Uh, are you a fan of, uh, let's say, TV series? Let's say, particularly on Netflix, or are you? Do do you watch more documentaries on it, or what? What are your consumption habits? Let's say on Netflix. Netflix uh, or anime. Okay, so for Netflix itself, I I I do own a Netflix account, but then I oh, I pay for the next Netflix account. But <laughs> everyone, yeah, I pay for a Netflix account, but everyone everyone <laughs> else everyone else watch except for me. So I share the account with everyone. Everyone watches except for me. <laughs> Weirdly, I mean, I don't know. I just especially during the the quarantine period, I just can't bring myself to watch a film. I, I just can't commit to one. Mm. But I think usually I do watch, uh, I used to watch a lot of TV series back then. Mm. Like like Breaking Bad, a lot of like, 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 I don't know, just sitcoms like Community. I love Community. Oh yeah. yeah. But uh, I think movies, I don't know. I, I, I do tend to lean more to documentaries recently. Yeah, Anyone but, that stands out? Uh, very random one, but I just watched one that is about uh this group of people that went to space for one year. Yeah, it's, ah. it's yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it's a documentary. It's a very random one. Like I, I don't even watch the popular ones. I, I don't I don't even know my watching habits are very weird. But I I I watched uh one about this. I think these three astronauts. It's just documenting their life uh in space. Like like I think there's a space station uh that shared between the Russians and the Americans. And once in a while they were like change every few months but then there was this group that was sent out there to stay for a year and then they kind of document their experience being out there for a full year and then like them saying like oh uh throughout their whole year there every time when they had do a spacewalk or when they, they they take photos of the earth out the window right it just never gets boring like no matter how mm. how like small the, the the space station is or how how uh like monotonous like how everything might be the same right looking out the window and looking at how small the earth is looking at earth from this perspective like out from like outside of the orbit right it's such a such a such a weird and like amazing experience that it never gets boring even after one year every single day so it's like it's things that you wouldn't ever get to experience in your life just very interesting to know i know i know a lot of people have been on the, the tiger king spree and i, I never watched it but i don't understand the i don't understand the hype. the, the yeah <laughs> i don't know i just i don't know i just hear a lot of like great crazy things about it I'm like uh, not so much like i, I don't know man I, I don't need that kind of negativity in my life right now <laughs> but but uh, let, let's let's say talking about netflix i think one more question with regards to that is yeah it is like like spotify and like all these uh, tech-based platforms it it relies heavily on algorithms it relies heavily on your viewing patterns yes yes, yes. do you foresee uh that heavy reliance or that curation of uh, the, the the media you watch, do you feel that that would dictate what is being created? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think so. I think as of now, even, even like, I'm not, I'm not sure if you know, but on Netflix itself, the algorithm, like, so if you use my account on your account, right, the same movie might look very different. Ah. Yeah, yeah. So like the, if you look at the posters on Netflix itself, right, uh, 
like let's say a, a marriage story uh there's sure. a that's a movie on on netflix like my my one might show adam driver your one might show scarlett johansson another person one might show both of them together another person might show uh i don't know just like a random object is it like a marketing it's an algorithm oh it's okay, algorithm okay. too it's so it's it's uh what netflix does is that they have a internal algorithm in the back end where it scans the entire film for for frames that has uh that follow certain like photographic rules that like oh a rule of third or like you know whatever it is yeah then then they do that and then they'll have a person that finds look like looks through all this all this uh all these shots taken from the algorithm and then they edit it to posters and then they kind of push it out to like oh you like romance film okay this one looks more like a romance film to you or you like action film even though the story is called marriage story they're gonna push a adam driver picture towards you mm. because you oh yeah you you might have watched star wars or you, you might, might have, have more tense oh the star wars thing you yeah, might have more like, tendency to click because correct wow. correct so 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 that's that's what's currently happening on uh on on, on netflix really so definitely I'm very sure because they are doing that, right? They have a very strong data. Data. I think one of the key things that a lot of like uh, online businesses, Netflix, Facebook, whatever, the most valuable thing they have is actually not their content. It's actually the data. Mm. The data they have and, and what they do with the data. So I think I 100% believe that Netflix is making their decisions off the data that they have right now. Yeah. And, and no doubt Spotify, same thing. I mean, Spotify, not so much. Spotify, Spotify is more of a platform for other creators to be on. But what they push to you is, 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 is a whole different issue. Uh. So yeah. I want to get your personal thoughts on this. Um, I've spoken to a couple of music artists yeah. in previous episodes. Yeah. Uh, I think their thoughts on so, so when I when I ask this question, it's uh, ask them what 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 would the future of music sound like? Mm-hmm. And uh, I got two, two more or less the same answers that the, the the future of music would be a lot shorter because uh, according to them, you can decide whether you want to continue listening to a piece of music or you want to skip it within the first thirty seconds. True. So. An anecdotal evidence was that uh, the intros of music uh-huh. has been getting shorter and shorter. Yeah, that's true. So I spoke to a music producer recently and he said that he he kind of predicts that the future of music, because right now music tracks are about like four minutes, mm. four minutes study. So it would shrink to, he predicts that it will shrink to about two minutes, 30 like like a music wow, track. Okay. Yeah. And that's like pop songs are popular songs, yeah, popular yeah, trending yeah. songs. But hasn't it always been a case where where it's just like, Pop songs has always been about a lot about repetition, a lot about like yep. getting it in your mind. There is a formula yeah. according to him, like verse verse chorus, something something yeah, like that. Yeah. But, but he predicts that in, in in the near future, they, they will just shrink low. Yeah, the, I'm sure the, I, the, the 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 duration of it. I think one reason of that also because I think what Spotify does is that they count success of the track itself by the amount of listens. Yeah. So if you have like a nine minute track for you to listen three times, it's like almost half, half an hour already. Yeah, but the yeah. very interesting point that he brought up with regards to that is that. Not too long ago, yeah. people listened to orchestras and that is the norm. Yeah, and you true. will have a gradual, if, if you see it in that particular scope, there is a gradual uh, decline. Could it, it could be attention span. It could just mm. be, it, it may be not profitable because of the algorithm. Yeah. So I think the question to you is, what do you think the future of film will look like? Mm. With knowledge of all the, 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 the rise of all these new media, uh, algorithms, dictating or maybe tailoring or pushing us into a particular direction into what we want to watch mm. do you think that are there any like conscious thoughts of what maybe this the the, the, the the future of what the film industry might look like I think for film or like I think definitely f- the way things go right it, the film industry in theatres would get definitely be a lot a lot a lot a lot more uh, similar that means like I think only currently a lot of films in the theatres that are playing in theatres right now right uh the only ones that are really, really succeeding are, are 
big spectacle movies or like big event movies. Like Endgame. Endgame yeah. or like, you know, uh, like big franchise movie, Fast and Furious. Franchise movies. Yeah, franchise movies. Things that people would want to watch with their friends. But then like smaller movies like uh, small time comedy or like lower budget films, like more intimate films would definitely shift more to, uh, even family movies would shift more to, to home, home viewing. Really. I believe so. Mm. Because uh, like one of the things that happened during the, the virus was uh, there was this, uh, there was this film that was supposed to be released by us uh, trolls, trolls were told. Yep. Yeah. So, so that was one of the films that, uh, in the US, because of the virus, they decided to shift it to a home release, pay per view release. And then it did really well in home pay per view release. And I think because of that, the industry realized that, hey, uh, family, family films actually work very well at home because for families, they don't have to pay like four tickets. They have to pay one cost and they can watch all at home and kids mm. can run around all the way. So it's a lot more convenient for families. So that's for family films. And then, uh, because of the way the film industry is going, also right, I think, uh, if this virus continues or not, even even if it doesn't, right, the cost of paying a ticket would rise over time. The cost of paying paying a ticket. I mean, like the uh, cost of a ticket would rise over time because of uh, to make up for operating costs and correct. whatever. Because lesser people, right? yeah, lesser people. So so if th- if this continues, which I believe it will, or for a short period of time, uh. People like for you to go watch a movie, you got to watch a movie that actually that is actually worth your worth your money. Uh. So you're not going to watch like a slow uh, drama film that nothing really much happens other than people talking. Like I'm not saying that those are bad films. I'm just saying that like those are not films that like you have to watch in a theater. Mm. Yeah. So it's more. So I think the thing about an, a theater experience is more of the experience itself, being there with friends, being like excited, being having a like shared experience of like watching something great happen on the screen but then like more slower lower budget films comedies could actually I think I believe that will be shifted more and more towards the home viewing home viewing experience that, that's what I believe in uh. mm. yeah then I think I think uh, over time movie going movie going will be more of a premium experience what do you mean premium uh, more like it's gonna be expensive but it's gonna be like uh, a premium experience like more like it's gonna be like gold class you know like where, like like things that people go to for special occasions, you know, or like for mm-hmm. special films come up, then they go, it's not like more of a common thing really, you know. Do you, do you think that's a pessimistic or an optimistic outlook? I think there's a realistic. <laughs> realistic, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's pessimistic because I still think that, like a lot of people, would, a, pessim- a pessimistic view would think that, hey, the film industry would not last. Mm. Like it's not like home viewing. I still believe that uh, the, the, the movie experience would still survive because, I think watching it at home and watching it in the theaters with your friends, with a group of audience, strangers, it's still an experience that cannot be replicated at home. Yep. So that that itself is an experience, not just the movie, but the experience itself. So definitely it would still survive, but it will survive in a very different form. Yeah, because I think films that you can watch at home, you will watch at home. But films that you only, like big scale films, films that with like nice, like well shot, uh, like a lot of spectacle, a lot of things. Like, I mean, not saying that spectacle is bad, not saying that like explosions is bad, but like, natu- <laughs> no, I mean, that's the thing. It's not saying that it's bad, but if you if you have a film with explosions, films with like a lot of like, action, film with a lot of like things happening, right? A lot of CGI. <laughs> completed CGI. Completed CGI, <laughs> yes. Definitely completed CGI. Even not completed would be great, but completed CGI, you want to watch it in the best, like the bigger screen, you want to watch it in the best sound system. Yeah. yeah, so that's definitely something that was, you would still want to watch in theaters. Yeah. So, so. Sh- shifting the conversation back to Singapore for yeah. a bit, um, 
let's say if that's the future and uh, <coughs> big spectacle films that it's, uh, you want it to be an event or you want it to go yeah. down. So that's like, let's say we classify those as mainstream films. What about the indie side? Mm. I know Singapore has projector, yeah. but it is only one particular uh, place mm-hmm. everybody goes to. Yeah. Everybody knows projector as the... That, uh, that place, the place. The place to go for indie really sort of indie I films. believe but, the projector is going to have a second that would be wonderful yeah Yeah, I believe they are, it's in the works really that's what I heard like, because I have friends friends that work there they, like they before this pandemic <laughs> I, I, think, I don't know I don't know whether it's still happening or yeah. not but yeah I hope it happens yeah but I think there is a demand for it like. I think there is a demand for, for those kind of films I think for those also it's a very special I think it's still a niche market for, for those kind of slower kind of films but uh, to because the, the, the projector one is interesting because uh of of the times that I've been to the projector, um, they have a very strong curation. Yeah. And curation in a sense that it is not like using an algorithm to curate. Yeah. They're, they're not curating it based on your preference. They're curating it to perhaps the 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 person behind the BNSC and saying, hey, maybe these are the sorts of films that will be good. Mm. Uh for whatever reason. I think that is quite interesting because you're you're kind of like forced to let's say if you really want to watch something that is not yeah. mainstream, you're kind of forced into like a uh uh a place of being uncomfortable yeah and you're kind of forced so uh <laughs> i have a friend who who i won't say got pressure but got roped into watching this film at projector it's an abstract film so according to him it is just an hour of static what's so the static meaning um it is it is a overlap of a lot of different images and he told me he was like he, he spent like an entire because it was it was like an artist screening so the artist was there and I really you can't, can't leave because the artist <laughs> no there. there were people leaving Shit. and there was a Q&A after and the artist was like why, why did people leave but that is what I'm talking about this is the kind of film that will never maybe on Netflix maybe but will I, never be yeah. on GV never be on Kate. I don't think it'll be on Netflix but I think I think it's a very different thing because like like with any with any art of any any product there is the general market and then there's the niche market. Yep. So I think that caters to a more niche market and a very specific market that that like like what you say, the curation is done based on a very specific kind of interest. Or a yeah. very specific kind of like a direction even. Direction, yeah. yeah. So so there's a certain preference to it where a group of people like kind of resonates with it. So it is a niche market. I wouldn't say it's a general market because I would say if you go out to the streets. I mean, okay, so one very good example that I spoke to my friend, right, is that what is the general market in Singapore? Yep. So one good way to answer that is, is, is that why did Our Boys to Men become the top top grossing film within those years that it came out during that period of time? What are your thoughts on it? Not great films at all, but it kind of shows where the general market is at. You know mm-hmm. what the kind what kind of content they consume. You know, so I'm not saying that everyone loves the film, but it kind of resonates with people. And 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 you don't like sometimes people just want to watch films that are not challenging. I guess well. A lot of the films in the projector are kind of, you know, challenging or like kind of like you just like watching static for one hour. <laughs> like it's not something that everyone would want to would want to do, you know. So there's there's two ends of the spectrum, you know. Yeah. So so it's just yeah, it's just for one end for the normal theaters, it's just trying to get the money, trying to get the general crowd, trying to trying to trying to earn as much as possible. It's more for the mass consumer, but then projector definitely for a smaller crowd for a more specific but more loyal crowd also mm. yeah so so that's that's where the thing was. like as naturally when things get more niche people get a lot more uh, passionate about it you know 
Yeah, so so I think that's that's where it comes from. You know, like one of it is more for the general crowd, more casual uh, viewers, but then the other is for the more uh, more avant garde, the more. Uh, yeah, he he was just as much as he he was. I think he was as disappointed as he was confused because he, <laughs> because he said that oh yeah he he didn't know it was he I think he only saw the the title of it and he went in blind la. Oh, so shit. Can you imagine the, the the thought of just sitting and hoping that something would change? But, but nothing, nothing changes, <laughs> just static. It's, like- it's, it's, it's not really, it's a static and overlapping of a lot of images. So you're just looking like trying to make something out so of it. So there's no like explanation of why is it? According to him, no. It's, it's just like that and like a blur of imagery and there's some static thing for like an hour. <laughs> I'm actually curious. I actually would, I won't mind actually trying to. Did he pay for it? Uh, I I think so because it it's he he got roped into it uh, by his friend yeah I would ask for the title at least he has a story is he <laughs> you watch any other film you won't have that story is he so that's where the that's where the value of the experience come from <laughs> yeah like, but I think one thing I really like about projector yeah. specifically talking about them is like they the the, the curation is so strong you can I watched uh an artist documentary of Ai Weiwei over there oh yes to uh I'm, I'm blanking on the artist's name. Uh, Hieronymus Bosch. No. The I will show you some of his paintings, yeah. but it's this surrealist painting that blows people's mind. And I watched a documentary on uh, Yukioi over there, so Hokusai. No. And conversely, at the same place, I watched Akira there as well. Oh, okay. So it's like nice. And and when they showed the, the Akira, the Ghost in the Shell, yeah. and the Perfect Blues, it's the original like, one, is it? Yeah, the original oh, nice. one. Not so the Scott like, Yancer one, right? That, that is something you won't see in traditional cinema. They yeah. won't go back. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true, they yeah. are always moving forward. It's always the next thing. Yeah, but let's say for, for some, like like an independent cinema, yeah. they have the, they have the, I won't even say courage. They just have the ability to, hey, let's appreciate something that came out 30 years ago, yeah. which is Akira. I think with any art, also, because I think with, even with music, mm. like there's always the next big thing, the next, I you mean, always are forced to progress in that correct, way. It's correct. only one direction. Yeah. Right. But then at the same time, you lose a lot of appreciation for what happened yes. in the past. So I mean, personally for me during this whole circuit breaker time, I got a vinyl player. Mm. Uh, so I got a vinyl player and I got like like old school records and stuff to appreciate like what it was. Uh. So I think I think that 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 going backwards to understand what happened in the past has a lot of value to it also. And I think a lot of people don't really see it also because I think maybe the production level is not that great or like you know it's just not as trendy but but it has its value going back also so I think I think same with movies you go forward you 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 there are definitely better greater movies with better production level but then at the same time also you there are great films of the past that people kind of forget also like I don't know 2001 Space Odyssey never you watched know? it oh, you never watched it I, I'm trying to read the book right now but do you have now okay so bridging off from that are yeah. there any classics that stand out to you not just movies but pieces of content or media that stands out to you that classic hate. yeah uh, i think my personal favorite was uh was the back to the future series okay. oh, no, but <laughs> I, I would highly recommend back, okay. to the future. Uh, back to the future great uh like like just super fun super fun series i like 2001 space odyssey uh i respect it a lot because for its time like like stanley kubrick did the film before anyone even went to the moon so it's before mm. he, like you know it's there was this joke about it that he did the film so well like pre-CGI that the moon landing was faked by him <laughs> <laughs> and because he's such a great director right yeah. he actually went to the moon to see what the moon is like so that he can fake the moon he's that he's, he, like the level of detail for that film is insane uh. so so I think I, I really appreciate that film for what it was 
like like I think I think you should you should give it a shot. Uh, 2001 yep. Space Odyssey. It's a film where where you watch it right then. You got to remember that it came out in the sixties. I believe it's in the sixties. Sixties, sixties, sixties. It doesn't look like that. It looks like a CGI film. I've always thought it was like at least nineties, no. but wow, sixties. Okay, yeah. okay. I believe it's the late sixties. Yeah, wrong. yeah. I think I, I I can't remember when exactly it was, but I I know it's before the actual moon landing. Yeah, so uh, it's done so well, right? But then everything is hand painted, the background, yeah, it's really it, and then yeah. it's crazy. Like like, if you watch the film, right, you 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 can't believe that CGI wasn't a thing then. Yeah, so so that 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 one that's that's one of the film that I like kind of like respected a lot. What else? Yeah, mm, I'm sure there are, but I can't really think of one right now. Yeah, but but those are the main two that that stand out to me right now. In my Have mind. you played uh Bioshock or Near Automata? Oh, uh, Bioshock, yes. Uh, which one? One, two, or three? one and three. Skip two. Skip two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people skip two, right? Is there a particular reason? Why? I don't know. I just I I just didn't have to. Uh, then like like I I I I played the first one like when 1 and 2 came out. Yeah. So when 1 came out, I was like, oh, 1, one uh, I think I played late because I got my Xbox like like really late into the generation. So like, like what I was looking through the best games. So Bioshock and 1 as I played the first game. Great game. I loved it, yeah. Yeah, great game. Like like the ending was amazing. Like, not, not, not the ending, but the twist. Uh, the twist. The twist was, yeah. was great. Uh, would, you, would, would you kindly? Yes. Yeah. Such, <laughs> a, so good. such a great, I, I such think, a great twist. Well, there's, there's a lot of talk about uh, let's say going going back to what we talked about, yeah. uh, the Last of Us being so monumental in that yeah. sense, it, it tells a very uh cinematic narrative, really. Yeah. So there's a lot of talk saying that Bioshock was kind of like the predecessor to that. It kind of shifted a lot of the conversation, saying, "Hey, uh, a gaming medium that a lot of people will consider as just child's play, yeah, can tell such a." cinematic narrative to it like that the, the twist was so strong the yeah. world building was so good the fact that you for those who don't know Bioshock is about you going to an underwater city and a dystopian city and exploring it and, and searching around and the fact that you can tell such a such a such a strong narrative from, from the very initial start of the game all the way to the end yeah. I think it really speaks of the, the, the gaming medium yeah yeah. I think, I think it actually has been there earlier but just like probably more in the Japanese side of things. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think I, I think one of the one of the one of the, one of the game that uh, one of the game that kind of like struck me that to to have really good to have really good like storytelling was actually Metal Gear Solid Three. I, I know bits and pieces of it, but what 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 is it about the franchise that? I yeah. think I think it's just it's. I mean, okay. So the thing about Japanese gaming and the storytelling it gets really convoluted and like it, it kind of gets out of hand really yeah. quickly. But like they are very ambitious with the way they try to tell story. They try to tell grand stories. So for me, Metal Gear Solid Three was was one of it. Like it's something to do with like uh this soldier from the CIA uh, infiltrating the infiltrating the. KGBs, if I'm not wow. wrong, okay, yeah, something like, something along the lines like going behind enemy lines, then like trying to survive in the in the in the in the forest, and then uh, taking down his previous mentor, which uh, defected to the other side. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like very, it's it's a great story by itself, But I think over over time, it got very convoluted. But but I mean, my point is that uh, storytelling has always been a very big thing in gaming. Like uh, ever since like even Final Fantasy. Uh, has been one of the main things like Final Fantasy 7 everybody has been saying like oh it's a great story everything the remake or the no the original the, original, the, yeah. the main thing the, the, the reason why the remake happened was because everyone back then thought the story was amazing I didn't play it but I played the 8 one I didn't play 7 but yeah like storytelling has always been a big part about gaming and I think, I think it's, it's been very underappreciated over time because the having a medium that you have to interact with and then at the same time tell your story and then you actually being part of the story, you actually being controlling the story in a certain mm. way, even though you might not actually be controlling where the story is going, but you actually having a part of it, part of it in your hands, and then having having a like like 
actual control, moving your characters around, deciding what action to do. It it's very it's a very interesting experience. It's very it's a, it's a level of experience that not many people uh like kind of appreciate. Mm. Yeah, or like not many people see. Like like what you said, a lot of people say it's just for kids and stuff. But it's I think, always got a bad rap. Like. Correct, correct. Yeah. But I think it's it's just a medium. Yep. It's the same as a movie, mm. same as a TV series. It's just a different medium. Yeah, so I I think I think it's very underrated. I really think it's very underrated. I, yeah. I think there's been uh, probably not on console, but there's been a a sharp rise in independent indie games, really. Yeah, and I think Steam has a lot of it. Yeah. Do Do you eat PC game? I don't have PC game. Yeah, yeah but uh, some of the couple standout titles, I think, it has reached a, a mainstream level. Uh, Cuphead. Cuphead is one of it. Oh yeah, Cuphead. I have Cuphead on my Switch. Yeah. Yeah. So Cuphead, yeah. Uh, Gris. Have you heard of Gris as well? G R I S S. Is it? No, G R I S. I heard of it, but I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, so Gris is, I think if if I'm not wrong, Gris is, it, it looks like a watercolor painting. Oh. And I, I think it explores like the mental, st- I don't know if it explores depression, but it explores the different mental states. And the, the look of the game is so distinct that it immediately draws you in. And Shit. it can never be published. It's not something that a AAA publisher yeah. would publish. Yeah. And it, it's like all these, so same with independent mm. cinema, same with independent, let's say, any types of media. Yeah. It is really the independence that I feel that are pushing a lot of the artistic boundaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. There, there are less, uh, less things for them to consider. You know, or maybe that everything's on the line. <laughs> uh, it's just true. I mean, I mean, I, I guess they, for you to actually come out to be an independent creator for movies or whatever, right, you must really have a reason to do it. You know, you you must have a purpose to do it other than just to earn money. You know, you must have a message or like not must have, but a lot a lot of times, a lot of people do do like come out of it, come out as independent because they have a purpose. You know be it being the most ridiculous thing ever or like mm. being the most like well thought out thing together. Not everything succeeds, but it has that drive to it that a triple A game does not have. I feel like most of the time at least. Yeah. Like I think I think it has less of the cash grabby kind of vibe to it than 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 a lot of the big corporations. Yeah. So I, I, I think like a lot I think a lot of uh I played a independent game called like Papers Please back then. Oh, what's that? So I think it's your your a border guard. All you have to do is just stamp people's <laughs> The Steam, Steam game. Yeah, the Steam game. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, 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 you're just a border guard. Yeah, then people yeah. go you past. You can reject, right? Yeah, you can reject people. Then you just like accept people go through the border. Then if you accept the wrong person, then they might be a terrorist or like, you know, some people might try to bribe you. I think it's very interesting. You know, it's, it, it sounds ridiculous, but I think it's a very, like no other medium you can do such a weird thing to then like be a border guard. You know, yeah. such a the, super, super mundane thing to be, but like it's a very interesting storytelling medium. Uh, you know? Yeah, I think Steam, Steam has a couple of weird games. Like, I think one of them lets you be like a bar, uh, but like uh, no one of okay there's there's this game called genital jousting and, <laughs> as, and the name kind of suggests what it is so there is another game on steam that kind of lets you be a bartender in a cyberpunk uh dystopian uh huh. universe okay so it is it's the and there's a there's a couple of weird games like a pc building simulator it's like a goat simulator as well oh, oh yeah goat simulator yeah, yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> pc building simulator what the yeah, hell so it's all these very strange uh, uh, types of uh s- simulations are that you that you you can you're able to embody like, like the passport one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who the fuck would have thought exactly. about exactly? Game, like game. I know got one game. I I know of one game that was uh you're just playing as a small kid. Mm. Never that uh it just it's called just it's called find your dad or something like. That. Then you're in the showers like a public shower. Then you just then oh everybody's God. naked. So you're just supposed to go to the right guy that's your dad. That's about it. That's the game. <laughs> like who the fuck comes up with this idea? <laughs> just all bunch a bunch of your naked kid looking for a naked guy that looks like you. Yeah. That's basically it. Or I think there was another one. Uh, what was it? 
I can't remember, but there was a lot of weird. There's a lot of, weird, a lot of, weird a lot of weird games. Yeah. Uh, I was playing one on Switch. It was an independent game, also. Your Uber driver. What? Yeah, just an Uber driver. You don't even drive. You just talk to the talk to customers. <laughs> so it's like a choice thing. Yeah, just choice. Then like you just like trying to make them happy and then get your five star rating. That's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically that's basically it. So I I completed a game. I got like weirdly political, what, but then what does com- completion of the game look like? <laughs> I can't remember, but like I think there was some weird themes of like automation and like oh you're gonna phase out drivers or something like that. which I think it's not a not a fake thing like. I think it's actually something it's that true like it, truck like, drivers they're yeah, talking yeah, about truck it, drivers yeah. and actual like actually even Uber drivers are, 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 are gonna be automated like maybe sooner than we expect yeah because I think I think in Singapore they're already testing it out but uh yeah besides the point but uh yeah there's the game there's such a game that I played there's a game that called that's called Weird Golf so like it, it looks like a golfing simulator yeah you're supposed to like then it just becomes a very weird thing where instead of golfing, then uh you try to golf a couch into a hole or you try to, <laughs> you try to golf other golf clubs into other things. Like it's just very weird stuff, like Would I you think, say that some of these games are just downright silly? I think the silliness sells it, you know. Mm. Like the 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 ability to be not not be afraid of being silly kind of sells it. Yeah. That, like the absurdity. And I think also, I also think for gaming, a lot of times the more absurd you are, the more you will appear on streamers' uh, streams. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's that's a very big part of uh, the gaming gaming ecosystem right now. Look, streamers. Streaming culture yeah. still baffles me to this day. That yeah. the fact that not saying it's an easy job, it's a difficult as job. But I mean the the old saying that you can't earn money playing games. I uh, think that that kind of slaps that in the face. Yeah, I mean that's such a weird time, right? That is one part of what they're doing. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You know what I feel that taps on? You know uh, that that feeling when you were a kid that you look at an older sibling play a game so you don't really have a you, you, you can't really play the game because it's your older sibling you just watch the older sibling play the game then you kind of just enjoy the the ride. I think that's why it's tapping on into the the streamer is your older sibling yep, and yep. you're just watching them play yep. the game and you're just seeing them comment on it. You're just there for the ride, you know? And the communities that something like this would would would, would uh, create. I think it's, it's so funny that not too long ago we we're watching things on TV and now we're watching someone playing something that yeah. we might want to play it yeah. and we're engaging with the community over there. Yeah. Do you do you watch certain streamers, certain games? Uh I don't I use, I, I don't really watch any streamers. Yeah. I mean I personally I, I prefer to play play them myself. But I think a good comparison is that I watch mukbangs. What's that? You know what mukbang mukbang so you watch people eat. <laughs> like competitive. No, no, no. Eating? Just eat and talk. Interesting. Yeah, so it's it's a very big thing right now. Yeah. Is it uh, like the new ASMR? Kind of, but not really. It's not it's less sexual, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, no tingles, no tingles. <laughs> yeah, yeah just, it's less like slurping. You know? Maybe there is slurping. I don't know. Maybe maybe there is a sexual okay. mukbang that I don't know about. But okay. but I, I do watch like 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 personalities, they just eat and they just shoot the shit. They just eat, they just eat. Like you know, something I think I think it's a thing right now where people can't eat lunch or can't eat a meal without yeah. watching something, you know. Yep. Very right. true. Very, very right. true. So I think yeah. I think it's just more like it sounds sad, but just eating eating with them and then yeah. they're just talking and just hearing what they say. Yeah. Is mukbang a Korean word? It's a Korean word, yeah. So I think I can't remember what which one was eat, which one was I don't know, but it basically means like eating together or something. Like yeah. Mukbang. It's a thing that came out like quite a while back. Do you know what the appeal is to you? I don't know, it's just I just like people like I, I do listen to podcasts also uh, so so like just people shooting the shit and I guess when you eat and then you talk there's a different kind of like vibe to the conversation mm. also yeah like there's certain casualness that comes along with it you know as, as compared to like 
Yeah, like like what we're doing right now. Yeah. You are, I think we are eating a bowl of noodles. Like they're just <laughs> like slurping down a bowl of noodles and then like eating like crabs. And then they eat real messy stuff also. Yeah, yeah. They eat like full burgers. Like if, I think if there's that sloppiness that comes into it, I think the conversation would be very different also. Uh. I think what I think in, in closing, I think one of the weirdest things that I found out recently was that they are studying streams. So studying streams? It's like this on YouTube, there's like uh one I think they call it like study with me. So it's like a one to three hour thing of just Imagine like a fixed camera position and just like the, the girl or the guy just studying over there. <laughs> so you just and study together? I, I guess. <laughs> Do they interact with the screen or they I, just like- I wonder. So I think there are, there are different variations of it. I think I think the more popular one would be like a live video oh. and like with the chat box and everything. Wouldn't it be distracting though? No, the person is just like focused on studying. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> just watching. I mean, weird is just a perspective, I guess. It's like I mean, once in a while, the guy studies like, hey, don't forget to study. This guy kind of turns to the camera. Hey, are you studying? You know, like checks on you, that kind of thing. That, that would make sense, I guess. I guess we live in that particular time. Like, I think you brought up a very interesting point. I've not considered before that now, like when people want to eat, they want to do it. Like there is that face thing that they they, they need. Like, yeah, yeah. So you have I to cons- you have to consume while you consume. You know. Yeah, there's this. I think the I think the buzzword with regards to all these things that. Uh, it's, it's still rel- relatively new. I think it's called parasocial relationships that they, like, let's say you watch, uh, for example, you, you watch someone, mm-hmm. uh, let's say a vlog or someone do a review or you're just talking about life. The more you watch it, the, the more people find out that you kind of develop like, this soft relationship because when, when you watch a YouTube video, it's like the person that is talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. So true. I think, I think the word is called parasocial relationship. But I think the very interesting thing is that all these things are so new that the the science and the research is still catching up. I think we're, we're kind of yeah. only just kind of figuring out what the the, the possibilities of harm for like say, social media is. Yeah. Like only recently. Yeah. And so we are still scratching the surface. Yeah. Know? So I guess okay. In in closing to this. Yeah. Very interesting episode. Um, <laughs> what are more things that you want to see in content or media going forward? Hmm. You personally would want to see. Personally, I want to see. I just I I just hope that people. Are, I mean. Besides the business side, I think I, I definitely would, would. I mean, although I am on the business side of content creation, so you're, I would, the, you're the reason. Yeah, I, I I really do hope that that people don't forget, like content creators don't forget the reasons why they do things, like uh, like the purpose of them doing the, doing a specific thing, like like if they are creating music, don't forget that they're creating music for a specific reason, be it to express a certain emotion, to to change a certain way of thinking, to 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 advocate certain thoughts. Same thing with movies, everything. I think, I think, I think that, that part of it, I hope, I really hope doesn't, doesn't get lost. I, I don't think it will get lost, but I really hope it doesn't get lost also, like, because of the whole business side of things. Because it's always a, a, a battle between earning money and then, uh, and also like being true to yourself. So yep. I think, I think I, I definitely do root for the other side of things, the, the less business side of things. Uh, yeah. Interesting. All right. Uh, this is the part of the, the podcast where the guests usually plug whatever they want to plug. Is huh. that, a sudden thing you want to plug? Uh, Your dog's Instagram, uh, yeah. Universal's Instagram, sure, please. Yeah. <laughs> Go follow Universal everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, Universal SG, Universal Philippines, Universal whatever. Yeah. Just, yeah, you can find them. And then my dog is uh, Soba Inu. It's a very cute Shiba Inu. Okay. Soba Inu, at Soba Inu on Instagram. Soba Inu. Soba, Soba like the noodle. Yeah. And then Inu like the dog. You know, like, like Shiba Inu, but then instead of Shiba, it's Soba Inu. Yeah. So creative. Yeah, and then uh, my, my own Instagram I'm not sure if you guys are interested in it, but it's uh some kind of Uga Booga China man. <laughs> China sp- spelled like C-H-A-Y-N-A, I think. Yeah, I changed it a couple of times. Uh the reason my name is that it's a it's a quote from this completely absurd cartoon called Xavier Renegade Angel from 
Uh, doesn't matter, but it's it's Xavier Renegade. Renegade Angel. So it's this uh it looks like a PS2 graphic thing uh, on uh, Adult Swim. Yeah. Completely doesn't make sense at all. Uh Destin and I and another friend we we were laughing over it yeah. for like at least a month. Yeah. So yeah, that's where my that's where my completely random thing. So some kind of Uga Booga China man, <laughs> C H A Y N A China China man. And yeah. Soba Inu. And Soba Inu, yeah. And of course Universal. And Universal, <laughs> yeah. Watch all films from Universal when you guys uh, feel safe to do so, please. <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank, thank you for you. this uh, for fantastic episode, Dave. All right. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and feel inspired. If you enjoyed what you heard thus far, do give us a follow on Instagram. And don't forget to share and subscribe. Stay tuned for the next episode.